0: Can Kirk Kinkas successfully defend his title in tonight's highly competitive league? Who will take the plunge with Ezekiel Elliott and is a $250,000 winner about to emerge from this draft? Follow along with the live draft board tonight and listen to our analysis as we call the action from the 2019 Football Guys Players Championship live on the high stakes fantasy football hour draft as these 12 teams gun for a 6 bigger grand prize. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Hey, everybody. If you got what it takes. Cause
1: I'm K-R-R-E-S and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Boom, boom, boom.
0: Happy Friday, Rob. Thank you and greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Gerzakmatics. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Tonight, we have another special episode of the hsff hour it's the 2019 football guys players championship live on the high stakes fantasy football hour draft tonight and we'll be covering it for the next two hours follow the live draft worth link we posted in the blog talk radio chat room along with the ffpc hsff hour eric balkman twitter and facebook feeds shout out to the chat room right now feel free to post any questions you might have in there you can connect with us on twitter at hsff hour at eric balkman at david Gerzak. Facebook.com slash hour as well. 347-426-3682 is where you can give us a call. That's 347-GameOBA. HighstakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com is the email inbox that our producer and mutual friend Rob and our audio engineer and best friend Bryce are checking. If you have any questions for us or for any of the drafters, now's the time to send them in. We'll try to get to all the chat room questions, tweets, and emails throughout the program tonight. As a reminder, we have a ton of action over at MyFFPC.com, Best Ball Leagues, Classic Leagues, Dynasty Leagues, Super Flex Leagues, as well as more Football Guys Players Championship Leagues from $35 all the way up to $5,000. The FFPC truly has a league for every budget. And for those of you participating in the 2019 FFPC Main Event for that half-million-dollar grand prize, the next early draft slot announcement will take place on August 15th. That is 13 days from now for all teams paid by August Thirteenth, which is 11 days from now. So if you pay off your team in the next 11 days, you will know where you are drafting coming up here shortly in the next 13 days as you plot your way to a half-million-dollar grand prize. What an exciting time to be alive, Dave. It is our first show in 2019 in the month of August. I don't want to say we're in the home stretch. I feel like it's just begun. Yeah, Bulky, it's going
2: to be tough to bring your, the energy level that you have. Woo!
0: Who's you're, excited? You're a little over the top. I got my claw around a claw tonight. I'm Great. flying high on the wings of the White Claw. Right, I can see. Black Cherry is uh, the <laughs> flavor de jour tonight. And let's get to the uh, draft order du jour. Adam Krautwurst, Team RFFL, leading things off tonight in the first spot. Emerson Ramald, his Enter Sandman entry, is uh, selecting second. Former guest of the show, Team 747, owned by Tony Pong, is third, as well as another former guest of the show, Aunt Jemima, 16. That is John Terry. Joseph Paprzicki, Building an Empire. That is the fifth uh, team's picking tonight. In the sixth spot is Tony Giustiniani and Donald Rich, their career killers, are selecting six. Frank Imbornoni's is Dilly Dilly in the seventh spot. BC Staff, three, owned by Vince Staffolino, eight. The Red Hot Wasp, yeah, that's right. It's Hudson Kern-Reeve at 9. The Notorious VIP, so thrilled he's using that team name. It is Biplab Mandel picking 10th. The defending champion of this league, the Altadena Assassin himself, it's Kurt Kikas in the 11th spot. And Wild Coyotes, owned by Jimmy Wagner, at the 12th spot. That is the draft order tonight. We are already through round one. Let's take you through it and let you know what happened. Adam Krautwurst took Saquon Barkley, number one overall, no surprise there. Another non-surprise, Emerson Rammel takes Christian McCaffrey, too, uh, followed by Alvin Kamara uh, at the uh, third spot. That's Tony Pung's selection. And then we see a little bit of a deviation here, and I'll get Dave's input on this in a couple uh, in, in a minute here. But David Johnson goes to John Terry at four. Ezekiel Elliott to number five. That's Joseph Paparczycki's team, Lucky Horseshoe. Uh, selecting at five tonight. He takes Elliott at five. So let's unpack this here a little bit, Dave. Throughout the entire drafting season, we've seen Ezekiel Elliott almost always go in the top four. Now he slipped out of the top four uh every now and then, but it's been rare. I can't remember a drafter I've seen David Johnson go ahead of Elliott outside of the pros versus Joes, but Johnson was two of the
2: pros versus Joes.
0: Oh that's true, yeah, because uh Johnson went one over all the Todd Burroughs. And then uh, Fantasy ADHD, Josh Hornsby took him at the 102 in the final draft of the pros versus Joes. That's right. So outside of PVJ, I haven't seen it happen. Real money league tonight, $350 entry free. John Terry is taking him ahead, uh, taking David Johnson ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. What do you make of this? I mean, how much uh, would, would does, does the potential holdout of Elliott play into his longevity as far as being a top four pick going forward?
2: Yeah, it's all of it. That's the reason If people don't want to take risks with your top four pick. And why would you? Uh, and, as long as, there's a, it's not enough, as long as there's not a 0% chance that he misses time, there's a decent reason to let him drop to five or even lower.
0: Right. And, wow. so, and so my next question for you is, you would be taking Johnson over Elliott at this point. Yeah, I would be. Yeah.
2: I, I'm honestly, I probably wouldn't. It would take me a little bit to take Elliott at this point. I'm, you know, I'm getting concerned as more time goes on. Yeah,
0: I am too, and I would not be able to take him uh, in the top five. In fact, if I was drafting in an FFPC tight end premium league, I'd probably be taking Travis Kelsey ahead of him. I'd probably be taking DeAndre Hopkins ahead of him. I know those two for sure. I haven't thought it out, you know, through uh, enough, but, but I know enough that I know I'd be taking Johnson, Kelsey, and Hopkins all ahead of Elliott right now. To me, I
2: wouldn't just, you know, I don't know. Again, I go back to what I said before. If I'm not going to take him at three, if I'm not taking him at four, why am I taking him at seven or eight? Right. I would just kind of not take him and then just go a different direction as if he had been taken already. Right. There we
0: go. Okay. Although you could get some value if you had an Elliott. Um, now, hold on. Hold that thought. We'll get to it in a little bit. Yeah, uh, the, the other drop. Yeah, all right. We'll talk about it a little bit. DeAndre Hopkins to the career killers uh, picking at six tonight. He's the first receiver off the board, followed by Le'Veon Bell to Frank inbornoni's Dilly Dilly. The new York, new, new York Jet uh, is the uh, new member of Dilly Dilly as he goes at the 107 tonight.
2: By the way, uh, and then interject quickly, football guys had an email that They were talking about Le'Veon Bell. It was this morning's email. And the commentary was, Oh, Bell's not the running back he used to be, but blah 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 blah. I just found that to be kind of a little bit of a an offensive comment. It's because who I'm, should be offended by it, Bell? Yeah, anybody or whatever. I guess yeah, Bell should be. Right. But who's to say he's not the player he used to be? He didn't. He was awesome, and then he took a year off because of a contract issue. How the hell do they
0: know he's the player
2: he used to be? How does how do they know? Well,
0: was was it was it football guys saying that, or were they reporters? Well, was, no, was Their no, the, comment. Oh, is their con- their analysis yeah. on this? Yeah. Line? So okay. whoever, whoever wrote the blurb or whatever right.
2: had this opinion that he's not the player he used to be, but blah 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 blah. And then he qualified. You know, whoever it is, they qualified. But he could be an RV yeah. one. But, but we like, don't
0: know. We don't know if he's the player. I mean, he very well could be. He very well might not be. Exactly. But we don't know at this point. Right.
2: And, and it feels like kind of you know bad speculation or bad writing kind of. No, I'm not trying about football. Right. I'm just saying, why are you writing that? Right. It's like, you could, I think you could say he may not be the player he used to be like he
0: just was. Right. Anyway. But to, but to say one way or the other is a little bit premature. So what about him at the 107 tonight, Dave? Do you believe that he is the player he used to be? Do you believe that he is enough of the player that he used to be to go as the number six running back off the board tonight?
2: Well, I mean, to me, you look at him, he looks like he's in fantastic shape. I can't see why after taking a year off, he's still kind of in the prime of his career. What is he 27, 28 now, whatever? So he's not like he's 31 uh, great shape. If I wasn't going to take him, it because I'd be concerned about the Jets' offense. Say they don't believe in Sam Darnold. I don't, I don't like the coaching staff, which right. is accurate. But uh, that's not. I, that's the reason I wouldn't take Bell. And I do actually. I think Bell is a, He might be all right. I don't think they're going to have like a top ten offense. So then, you know, you have to have to make sure that he gets enough receptions and so forth. But it sounds like he will. I mean, who else do they have? Ty Montgomery, Elijah McGuire might not even uh, – he might not even make the team. Yeah.
0: About that. Um, the, uh, the other thing to keep in mind, too, is, as far as, um, you know, drafting these running backs in the first round, a lot of – well, and I don't – and I can ask you what, your philosophy on this, Dave, but if I'm drafting a running back in the first half of the first round or kind of wherever in the first round – I am looking at who his handcuff is, who his backup is, and I'm looking at how talented he is. And would he be the guy if the guy, if, would the guy behind the guy be the guy if the guy goes down? I think that goes into it. And for me, he goes for me if he's not. okay. So, but I look at it for Le'Veon Bell, and I'm like, okay, well, this is going to free up a late round draft pick for me because who, if he to go down, I don't know if there's much fantasy value at all with any of these guys behind him.
1: Yeah, and yeah. I,
0: and I don't know if I'd say that about David Johnson. I don't know if I'd say that about, um, uh, who's another good example here? Um, oh,
1: uh,
2: <laughs> Camara, to well, Joe, that. Joe that fact, Gio, like a certain extent. a That'd be that be another one. Yep, yeah. yeah. Um, versus McCaffrey, you're like we you take Jordan Scarlett oh, or yeah. Cameron Artist Payne. You know, and it seems like it might be Artist Payne, but I mean, he was off the field so infrequently last year. Uh, even if he gets hurt, I mean, who, I mean, Artist Payne seems like a three point three yards per carry type guy. So.
0: The other thing that, um, as long as we're talking about McCaffrey, did you see the report that Carolina, I believe it was Ron Rivera, said that they're not necessarily looking to limit his touches. They're looking to limit his snaps, which to me is great. Uh, if I'm an opposing coach, it's great. Because you know what's going on. Yeah, thanks now. for the foreshadowing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but but from a fantasy standpoint, if you own McCaffrey, this is good because you know you're maximizing his efficiency on his snaps. Because if right. like he's on the field – he's going to get all he can handle. And it sounds like they want to give him a similar workload as to what they gave him last year from a fantasy standpoint.
2: Yeah. From touches. They want to give him a standard. Right. Touches. That actually makes sense. It's like, there's no reason he has to be out there every freaking series, you know, just let the guy, give the guy a break. Yeah.
0: And, and listen, you, you, I know everybody tends to just use running backs up but I don't think that's the type of thing you want to do with a top 10 overall pick with McCaffrey here. I mean, this is a guy you want being a foundation of your team for more than a half decade at a minimum.
2: Yeah. He could be, you know, the type of running back it is. I know he's the smallest guy, but he could, he could break down, but I always, I kind of feel like he's kind of like a Tiki Barber player a little bit where, although Barber broke out kind of late, uh, it seems to me like he could have, have had a, you know, have a long career. I feel like McCaffrey could have a long career with a lot of touches. There's so many, you know, He'll make a catch and then he'll scoot out of bounds and get nine. Yeah. Games. So
0: like those are that's a perfect shot. And I and I think that you know we, we look at that and it's kind of like you know as as men mm. and as football fans we don't like that, but for as fantasy fans we love it. I oh, love for it. Sure. Yeah. Like Tory I Holt, to... I loved it when Tory Holt would catch a ball in the middle of the field and just yeah. go right down. Yeah. Marvin Harrison would do that. Marvin Harrison and like look at what those. I mean Marvin Harrison's a Hall of Famer, is yeah. he not? I believe that. Torrey Holt's going to be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, probably. I mean, like, this, that, that's what smart receivers do. I love that from a fantasy standpoint because it really uh, lessen the possibility for injuries there for him, no question. All right, let's get back into it. The 108 tonight, Vince Staffolino takes Devontae Adams. Adams is the second receiver selected ahead of the number one tight end off the board to Kern Reeve, uh, and that is Travis Kelsey. He is a red-hot wasp tonight at the 109. Three running backs complete the first round. It is Joe Mixon to Bitblab Mandel. It is Dalvin Cook to Kurt Kekas, and then it is Nick Chubb to the Wild Coyotes. That is Jimmy Wagner. So Nick Chubb, Dave, once again, over the again, sneaking into the first round. I mean, we've seen him anywhere really from the 106 to, what, the 208, 209?
1: I've seen him, yeah.
0: I thought, thought we have seen him to the 210, 212. Oh, okay. Well, as far as FFPC best balls go over the last three days, high has been 110. The low has been 212, yeah. uh, and that's after uh, two dozen drafts worth uh, of a sample size. What an elusive draft well, how do, how do you fall in on him? Because he doesn't he he's not a huge pass catcher. He does have a huge pass catcher playing behind him, and then he also has Kareem Hunt looming for the fantasy playoffs. Uh,
2: I would probably I wouldn't say I'd would be avoiding him, but I probably would not be seeking him out necessarily. I'd be more interested in at that point Tyreek, Odell Beckham, Juju Smith-Schuster, Julio, Michael Thomas. Um, I would I would take trouble over James Conner though, and so I think that. And I would take him over girly as well, because so I don't think, you know, I'm right. not going to take the that, to Yeah, the health so, factor, sure. So I think if I was going to take, if I was wild would have been for sure taking a running back. I would probably would have taken Chubb, but I probably would not have taken a running back there. But that's, you know, keeps our own. Um
0: let's, just keeping...
2: You know, unlike all these other drafts, this is a 20-round classic style. Correct. Yes. Where you have waivers and,
0: size, and you're not going to see three kickers and three defenses per team drafted No, like. you won't. You absolutely. Won't. How, what's your philosophy on that as far as kickers and defense go? You take one of each in in this format. Well, uh, one of each, unless it's Kentucky. Then sometimes I'll take two defenses. Because right. But their defense scoring is so wacky. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Lot, it's it's uh, defense scoring on steroids down there. Let me uh, ask you this: What was the last as you personally did? What was the last running back that was not known as a pass catcher or did not catch a lot of passes that you were targeting and, and grabbed in the first couple of rounds of a draft to take you down memory lane here oh, if, I if there even was one? I quite frankly, you know I think about all of our conversations over the years of who who you like, who you are avoiding. I cannot honestly remember a time where you talked about hey, this is the guy I really want in the first round. This is the guy I really want in the second round. A running back who is a high-volume guy but doesn't catch passes. I really can't remember you ever pimping up anybody in the first 25 picks of a draft that was not known as a pass catcher that you're like, hey, this guy's going to have a big year. Well, it's
2: pretty, I mean, that's just kind of rare, though, that a non-pass-catching back in the PPR league is going to be drafted in the top 24 picks. Well, Nick Chuck. Yeah, you know, is I, mean, I there, bring is, up. there is the argument, though, that he can catch passes, but I know what you're saying. He's almost like a risk man Sarah Henry in that he sounds like he can, uh, but he's not really proven to do it yet. Yeah, I I don't really
0: generally do that. So I, I, I thought of one. I don't know what year this was. Okay, go ahead. I remember you being in on Steelers running back Richard Mendenhall. Oh, yeah, that's true, actually. And he was not known as a pass That's catcher. true, right? And And he went, he, that's the year he was going in the mid to late first round. And Yeah, and, that and didn't work out. Yeah, I I think. He uh, did.
2: But nevertheless, I think that that there's
0: there's definitely downside risk if you have a guy that's not a pass catcher. You need everything else to go right. I feel like he had some fumbling issues as well that that took snaps away from him because he had that breakout year, and then he was just – that was it for him. Yeah, that's true. Uh, speaking of Steelers running backs, we have one go off the board here at the 201 tonight to Jimmy Wagner. That's James Conner to pair with his Nick Chubb. The newly minted highest-paid receiver in the NFL. I believe he is the highest-paid receiver in the NFL now after he signed that new contract, Michael Thomas to Kirk Kikis. Todd Gurley comes off the board to Lab Mandela at 2.03. He starts running back, running back with Mixon and Gurley. Now we get a trio of receivers off the board. Julio Jones falls tonight to the 2.04. Juju Smith-Schuster to Vince Staffelino as he goes receiver-receiver with Devontae Adams and JJSS Odell Beckham right after that. Dilly Dilly, that's Frankie and Bornoni. And I gotta say, if we graded this league, or if we went by the scoring in this league of the Flake scale, Nobody's touching Frank Imbornoni after his first two picks in Le'Veon Bell and Odell Beckham, Dave. That is, uh, that is the highest flake scale uh, score we've ever given uh, for anybody in any of these leagues with Bell and Beckham as your first two picks. 50-50. George Kittle off the board as the number two tight end. We saw this happen in Pros versus Joes with four for fours. Peter Oversett taking Kittle nearly a full round ahead of Zach Ertz, but Kittle is the tight end, too, tonight. That's to the career killers at six, Tony Giustiniani and Donald Rich. Tyree falls. Tonight to the 208 to uh, Lucky Horseshoe. Lucky Horseshoe is, of course, Joseph Paprzicki. And then you have Zach Ertz, as tight end three tonight, to John Terry. Finishing things up here in round two, it's Mike Evans at the 210 to Tony Pong. Antonio Brown to the uh, 211 pick tonight. Antonio Brown going to Emerson Rammel. And then on Johnson uh, to Adam Krautwurst as the final pick of the second round tonight as he starts off Barkley and Kerryon Johnson. Running back, running back one of three teams to start off with two consecutive running backs. Dave?
2: Did you hear, the, um, did you hear that Antonio Brown been missing practices with the Raiders and that, uh, that Gruden said that we're all disappointed that, you know, he's not, uh, not there?
1: I did not hear
2: that. Yeah. That come out today? Oh, uh, yeah, it came out six hours ago. I think we're all uh, disappointed that he was a non-participant in practice. Really? Yeah, continued absence. And there's not, they've not provided a timetable for his return, and he's missed several practices since Oakland open camp. Now this again, we just talked about the flake scale. We told, we said Antonio Brown was high on it, and this is what you get. You get a guy flaking out and just whatever he's doing. I mean, so I also read an article in the Wall Street Journal about how Antonio Brown had this super unconventional practice. He was traveling all over the world this summer, okay. and, he, and he kept on trying to practice. His practice was like. A rugby guy in like New Zealand or whatever, or he go practice with someone else, and he put in, like he go through a super grueling workout. So I know Antonio Brown is supposed to be in, like fantastic shape according to the Wall Street Journal, article, right? But this is uh this is kind of crazy actually.
0: All right, so just to update you on this Antonio Brown situation, on July 26th, the Raiders placed him on the active NFI list uh, with a foot injury. Now, the, they said it was a very minor injury for whatever reason. And remember, Antonio Brown did arrive to uh, Raiders training camp in a hot air balloon. So the injury was... He, he might be moving up the scale. Uh, he might be. So then July 28th, two days later, uh, the Raiders take him off the active NFI list. Okay? So that's where we're at right now. And then the update, as you just pointed out, beat reporter for the Raiders, Lindsey Jones uh, tweets out, this is roughly, um, yeah, four, yeah, 4.30 Eastern time today said that Antonio Brown is still not practicing. Earlier in this week, uh, Antonio Brown shared a picture on Instagram of how blistered his feet were. Now, we don't know how old that picture is. You know, it could, it could be, you know, I mean, maybe. Just, sort of unconventional practice. It, could, it could be, yeah. I mean, you're traveling around the world and you're blistering your feet in six different continents. That's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, again, we don't know. But this goes to your point about the Flake scale with Antonio Brown. And John Gruden was frustrated by it. So, And I don't know if he's frustrated because of Brown or because of the situation or something else. I, I don't know. And this is sort of what you're dealing with and what you sign up for. When you're drafting Antonio Brown, it should make things for
2: good hard knocks TV though. Yes, it absolutely should. They just keep showing his locker with him out there. Now that's
0: Tuesday <laughs> as the premiere, right? This Tuesday, I want is to say Tuesdays. I forgot if it's Tuesdays or Wednesdays. I, I will have to look it up right now. But I thought I thought it was always Tuesdays on HBO.
1: See, I think
2: you have know, kind of like a not great offense, and uh, you know, there's some risk with
0: Antonio Brown. And,
2: although I actually I like Tyrell Williams. And I was like, just I, that was
0: the next question I, was
2: I gonna don't, I'm you. not going to say I like him a lot more, but I mean, this is kind of. A, it, it, even if he draws more coverage, I think it's it's not a bad thing if you know if, you, if you have a little bit of downside with
0: Brown. August 6th, that's a Tuesday. That is the debut and the premiere of this season's uh, Hard Knocks with the Raiders on HBO, so you can definitely check that out. Not to so mention that
2: Tyrell Williams is getting more practice time and probably more targets from uh, Derek Carr, so that's yep. all good, too. As he's a you know, new receiver, new, re- uh, new quarterback, So
0: Yep, no question. Absolutely, totally agree with you on that. Um, the last uh, thing I wanted to point out in this uh, second round here, Dave, was Adam Krautworth's pick of Kerryon Johnson at the 212 tonight. Now, this guy's interesting because, well, we kind of heard differing reports, that they want to manage his reps, but then they also want to give him all they can handle, that, um, you know, he's, he's has not been the greatest pass catcher lately, but he's shown he can do it, and now Theo Riddick is a Bronco. So, theoretically – we should see a big step forward with Kerryon Johnson this year. Is that a guy that you personally would be looking to target at that 2-3 turn, given Daryl Bevel as the new offensive coordinator in Detroit, and, yes, I know this is a leading question, that he loves to run the football, and Kerryon Johnson just happens to be very good at running the and football. He's, and he's a yes.
2: running back. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's Kerryon right. Johnson's talent. He's a pass catcher. Uh, I, I thought he was really good last year. Uh, in, all the, in all the games I was watching him play, he, he, was a, he had good vision. You know, He, he just looked, looked the part. Uh, I would be looking at, I, I was actually, he was going in the you know, mid-third, sometimes late-third, um, and so now it seems like he's moving up a little bit, but I don't know how much higher he's going to go, but yeah. uh, I think
0: he's okay at that spot, I, I really do. Tough for me to put him on the ascendant list, given that he is already so high, uh, and I believe he was on the ascendant list last year, if I remember correctly. We'll see where he goes, but before we get into the third round, let's go to the phone lines here. From the 626, you're on the HSFF Hour with David and Balky. Who's this?
3: Hey, this is Altadena Assassin.
0: The defending champion, ladies and gentlemen, of this league, it is Mr. Kurt Kikis. Now, Kurt asked me to do a little bit of homework on this league prior to this broadcast tonight, and he wanted me to share with you what happened in this league last year. And just like anything, I am here to please. So I will let you know that the Altadena Assassin (laughs) narrowly defeated the Notorious B.I.P. last year. I believe it was the Notorious B.I.P., Uh, in the semifinals by about 19 points. Now, in the other semifinal, it was Tony Pung and John Terry duking it out, and Tony Pung actually won by less than three points. Do you think that was exciting? In the championship game of this league last year, Kurt Kikis defeats Tony Pung by a mere two point two five points wow. to go to the championship round and kurt i think if, if there's any lesson to be learned here it's that the 12 guys in this league are supremely talented and this one once again is probably going to go down to the wire
3: i would imagine so um we got some good players in there and uh some interesting picks thus far and uh who knows what'll happen it's uh will always be a, a surprise
0: you were drafting at the 11 spot tonight. You took, uh, took Delvin Cook at the 111. Was he a guy that you were targeting there? I, I know that he's uh, been billed as a big-time breakout candidate this year, and it seems like you are on that bandwagon. Yeah, I do. I do like Cook,
3: and I was concerned, and I think rightfully so. I don't know if uh, Wild Coyote would have taken him, but I thought he would take at least one running back, and I didn't want to risk it, and I'm glad I did because he took two. And uh, maybe Cook would have been one of those. So, um Being that he took those two, I decided to take the highest paid receiver in round two.
1: You did.
0: You get the – and you don't have to pay him a dime, which is so great. No, that's the beauty of it all. Um, But but let's talk about your newfound Vikings fandom, Kurt, as three of your first four picks are members of the Purple (laughs) People Eaters here, Dalvin Cook in the first round, and then Phelan and Diggs in the third and fourth.
3: Yeah, my wife has remodeled the, the house and redesigned some things. We've got purple carpeting and purple drapes. I thought it would know, be good uh, Good picks, given all that stuff. No, um, I, I think that's good value on both those guys. Um, I, I see them both go way earlier in the third round often, and uh, it wasn't my plan to get a Viking stack like that, but – um you know they have a pretty solid defense, and uh, they plan to run the ball some, but I still believe they're going to be relying on some of those receivers to catch uh, about ninety five balls apiece
0: we uh, We just talked to you uh, recently because you had drafted your uh, team in the uh, FFPC pros versus Joe's competition. Can you talk a little yes. bit about um, how your strategy is going to differ tonight? When you, uh, you're looking at a 20 round classic league where you're trying to win 250 grand versus a 28 round, you know, closed 12 team league where you're trying to win a, an FFPC main event?
3: How's it going to be doing? Well, I hope not distinct this time through. Um,
1: you know, usually, <laughs>
3: when I do, when I do a, a, a best ball, I'll be more likely to go running back heavy at the beginning. I, I went three running backs um, in pros versus joes. Um, and then, you know, try to ding a bunch of receivers and throw a couple tight ends in and then go for some of those, um, PPR backs, um, you know, in the mid rounds, um, not as likely to do that in this format. Um, I like to have kind of a little more balance than that. Um, but that being said, I mean, if, if things fall to me, I'll take what looks good, uh, regardless of, uh, how it uh, works for team construction.
0: You, uh, now, I'm not saying that you should have because these guys both have ADPs right at the 209 right now in, in the FFPC, but those number two and three tight ends off the board, George Kittle and Zach Ertz, did you ever consider taking either of those guys at the 202 to try to make sure you're getting a, a, an elite top three tight end tonight? Or was that not something that really entered the conversation given that Michael Thomas was still out there for you in the second round? Yeah, no, I, I haven't been taking those guys at the turn at all.
3: Um, I'm a believer that some of my best years in this format has been in predicting up and coming tight ends because uh, then I can get a guy like Thomas in round two and then get uh, you know a tight end who's gonna have a top five or top six finish um, you know a few rounds later. So hopefully I'll be able to do that again
0: this year. We're gonna get to what John Terry did here in a second as far as what players he selected. But spoiler alert, he has two tight ends now in the in the first five rounds. Kurt, you've been in a lot of drafts where somebody will do that, where one team will, mm-hmm. will double up on tight ends either in the first four rounds, first five rounds, sometimes first six rounds too. Does that change your strategy right. at all, knowing that the tight ends should get pushed, especially when you're on the end, you know, picking 11 or, or 12 or, or anything like that, or 11 mm-hmm. like you are tonight? Does that change your strategy at all when you see a, a team double up on tight end early, or, or does that not affect it?
1: Um.
3: A couple factors. One, it depends on who's in the draft. I mean, there are certain people who like to push the tight end. So if they're in the draft, I may go one way. Um, otherwise, I may be more likely to you know, grab um, a, a solid tight end. So at least I'm not going to be shut out of someone who has a possibility for a top 10 finish. Um, and I'm looking at the board right here. There's still a bunch of tight ends I like. And there's some guys who are deeper in the draft, too, who um, I'd be happy to take him. So it all depends on what falls. So, but I'm, not, so, not, concerned at all. I'm not, not concerned at all what John Terry does. I mean, let's get that straight. <laughs> 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 Love so, you, John. Are you, a wide, are you
2: planning a wide receiver here again uh, because the Team 4 has no wide receivers at
3: uh, the 12-spot? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I try to look at all of those things. I mean, there's some decent people on the board still. I've missed a few scratch-offs here because I'm yapping with heckle and Jekyll on the phone, but um, (laughs) I was looking looking here going, my God, Godwin's still there. Oh my goodness. I know he's not. He went quite a while ago.
0: Yeah. I would consider
3: hitting another receiver there and then, um, you know, maybe a good tight end coming back or, um, you know, a good running back depending on who's there, but that's going to do a few things in this draft.
0: Well, you want to walk us through your pick, and yeah, I, I'm seeing that you're on deck yeah. here, Kurt. Can you can you can you bring the listeners into the mind of at FFB fan on Twitter as far as what you're going to be doing here with your fifth round pick here at the 511?
3: Okay, well, I'm waiting for my gin and tonic first of all here at the Hilton, and it's uh, dreadfully <laughs> slow.
0: Um,
3: yeah, right. Shout now, out to I'm the Hilton. I'm, yeah, boom, boom. A good shot. Um, <laughs> I'm looking at. Um, up oh, there goes the guy I was looking at. I was afraid to jinx it. Um, I like Boyd. I think Boyd's going to be uh, pretty good this year. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen with uh, A.J. Green. I mean, he's turning the glass these days. So, right now I'm looking at, um, you know, filling in with a running back. But, you know, some of these guys, they, they, they're not jumping out at me. I've got the possibility here to, um, you know, grab a pretty interesting upside receiver or go tight end, which I – I think I'm gonna go looking at the board here. You know what? I think I'm gonna go tight end. And here's a guy right. I like. Here's a guy I like. And boom. I think I'm not gonna but, say it. but I like him.
0: Yep, that's who I was. Vance McDonald, Mac. That's. Mack. Uh, yep. I, I thought it might be him. Uh, this is a guy that uh, it's. It, I mean, all good things that I'm hearing uh, about him in in training camp for the Steelers, no question. Uh, We'll see if it pays off for you. Follow Kurt on Twitter at FFBFan, uh, certainly one of the most accomplished players in uh, FFPC history. Kurt, we look forward to seeing you here in Vegas coming up. And also, uh, if you have any questions about wine, whether it be Italian, French, American, (laughs) African, Alabamian, whatever, he's your man. Uh, Kurt, thanks so much for coming in. Remember, I worked in a prison.
3: I worked in prison for years, and I can also make pruno with some old fruit and some dried bread. So, you know, send me a direct message. I'll teach you how. Oh, good
0: night. <laughs> hey, listen, it's a never, I never know what I'm going to learn when I talk to the good doctor, but I always learn something. Kurt, <laughs> thanks so much, dude. Good luck the rest of the way tonight.
3: All right, guys. You take it easy. Bye-bye.
0: Kurtikas at ffbf uh, ffbfan on Twitter. Uh, again, has uh, won a ton of money uh, in the um, in the FFPC uh, over the years and the Football Guys Players Championship. Been on the road of his high stakes slowdown. Always an enjoyable guy to talk to about uh, football, wine, prison, whatever. He's the expert. All right, let's get into the third round here, Dave. As we left off at the 212, with Adam Krowers taking carry on Johnson. It's Devontae Freeman followed by Damian Williams to Emerson Rammel. Uh, Mari Cooper to Tony Pong. T.Y. Hilton at the 304 tonight to John Terry. Aaron Jones, the number two running back drafted by Lucky Horseshoe. That is Joseph Paparczycki. Then you have, after Aaron Jones goes, Leonard Fournette, followed by Melvin Gordon to Frankie Bornoni What do you make of that start, Dave? Le'Veon Bell, Odell Buckham, and Melvin Gordon. Uh, yeah, that is definitely interesting. It <laughs> it could, it could, There could be a lot of value in there. There could be a lot of Frank kicking himself later. We'll see what happens. Uh, with that, uh, this is we're in the midst of a running back round here. Marlon Mack to Vince Staffolino and then Josh Jacobs off the board to Kern Reeve as his number one running back here at the 309. To finish off the fourth round, Keenan Allen to Biplab Mandel, Adam Thielen to Kurt Kikis, and then Sony Michelle as the third straight running back drafted by the Wild Coyotes owned by Jimmy Wagner. Um, let's uh, keep things going here in the fourth round got a good mix of players here as far as positions go it's Derek Henry at the 401 tonight to Wagner that is his fourth straight running back he's drafted Stefan Diggs as you heard from Kurt Kikis that is his fourth round selection the 402 number three receiver Evan Engram goes off the board after that as the tight end for to Bip Lab Mandel David Montgomery the rookie out of Iowa State running the ball for the Chicago Bears this year to Kern Reeves so that means Kern's Starting backfield, both rookies this year. Dave, does Kern play a lot of dynasty? Because I think he's got the (laughs) fever. Yeah,
2: he must. He might
0: might have the fever, and the only cure. If he's not, he should play more. Is more cowbell. Mark Ingram to Vince Staffolino right after that. Uh, That's Vince's second running back. Uh, Julian Edelman is the second wide receiver drafted by Frank Imbornoni, here to pair with Odell Beckham. Kenyon Drake to the career killers. Now, team six. Uh, the career killers, as we know, as I brought to you at the top of the program, it's Tony Giustiniani and Donald Rich. Um, kind of a funny team name for, for a team that takes Drake. Well, okay, so let's talk about Kenyon Drake here because we've we've seen – uh, the kid out of uh, Arizona State, Kalen Balazs, who's been running with the ones, and the beat reporters uh, out of Miami, at least one of them, is saying that they kind of envision a 45-40-15 split. That's with, the first time I've ever heard that
2: percentage, by the way. That was, that was what – I, so, I, I, I've, I've heard that, but that's the first right. time
0: I've ever heard that split in my but life. But doesn't that make sense? I mean, can you see that, though, with who's Miami? The, it, the rest of them. There, there's not, like, one, one running back. It's just, like, the rest, like, the, the yeah, trash gets 15. Yeah, um, So, knowing that, if that is the case, I don't know if I can get on board with Kenyon Drake in the fourth round, Dave. Well, obviously not. Okay, so that, it, it, this is I a mean, case. I mean,
2: name, name a running back that you you to, have to 40% of the carries that you think uh, you would take in the fourth round. Maybe Alvin, maybe Kamara, Mara, whatever.
0: Uh, Larry Johnson, circa 2000, <laughs> whatever it was, with Priest Holmes. Yeah.
2: Hey, maybe McCaffrey if he was playing time with, like, Jonathan Stewart or something, you yeah. know. <sighs> But, you know, it has to be like a pure pass-catching superstar. Yeah, have have. right,
0: and that's not Drake. No, no. Um, now, there is something to be said for Kalen Balazs not being a pass-catching superstar, and there is something to be said for Miami not particularly being very good this year. And if that is the case, then that 45% might be a little bit low for Kenyon Drake, and it might turn into a lot of gold with uh, more passes that he could be catching, too. But I guess the thing I wonder, it's like, you know, we we felt like – Adam Gase was the one that held Kenyon Drake back. We felt like that was the reason that Kenyon Drake was not getting the lion's share of the touches in that Miami backfield. And now Brian Flores comes in and granted he's a defensive guy, but still you, you see him coming in and now we have um, uh, Kenyon Drake still not getting the line share of the touches and not even running with the ones. So it gets to be a point of maybe it's not you or maybe it's not me, it's you and it's Kenyon Drake. And from, Always saying we love the Drake, we love the Drake. We may start hating the Drake here, <laughs> especially after he decided that we give him this big screen TV, Dave, and then he's going to give it to charity when him and his wife split up right after their nuptials. Hate the Drake. <laughs> yeah, very good. That is a Seinfeld draft. I know.
2: Um, yeah, I might to be looking at a lot. Uh, not, I'm not the only one, but uh, no. It's- if you're going to look at, if you're, to have the time guys, if you're going to have the guy that goes later, that's always I crazy. totally
0: agree with that, no question. Robert Woods off the board. He is uh, bat, part one of back-to-back Rams receivers here in the fourth. Woods to uh, Pat Ziki, and then Brandon Cooks to John Terry right after that. Hunter Henry is the fifth tight end off the board. He goes to Tony Pong. And then a couple of breakout receivers here in the fourth round to complete it. DJ Moore to Emerson Ramald and then Chris Godwin is the number one receiver for Adam Krautworth. I think I might have referenced this in pros versus Joes, Dave, but the upside of Chris Godwin as your number one receiver when you start off with your, uh, your draft with, with three straight um, backfield dominant running backs uh, that, that should be controlling things I think is a nice little consolation prize. In fact, I think it was David Hubbard uh, in uh, pros versus Joes, or maybe it was Chad Schroeder, and I can't remember. It was some, it, it was some very talented FFPC drafter, a Joe that did it, not a pro. And he ended up – he actually didn't end up with Godwin, but he got Tyler Lockett as his number one. And I say that because Krautwurst gets Tyler Lockett as his number two here to lead off the fifth round. So he goes Barkley, on Johnson, Devontae Freeman, and then still ends up with a couple of breakouts in Godwin and Lockett. And say what you will about Lockett, and I know he was touchdown dependent last year, uh, and I'm not saying the touchdowns totally get replaced by, by an addition of receptions, but I think you could see a lot more receptions going Tyler Lockett's way this year with Doug Baldwin out of the picture – and uh, D.K. Metcalf, um, you know, I, I, that that guy should just be doing nothing but sprints uh, because he all he can do is run up and down the field, Dave. He can't change direction. And if he's going to be running nine routes 70% of the time, that guy's got to be in shape. It's a good thing he has, you know, 0.3% body fat or whatever it is because he can't have a whole lot of it hanging off his, uh, th- hanging off his haunches if he's going to be running all those uh, nine routes. Uh, okay, you said a whole lot of shit there. Yeah. Do you have a question at all? I don't know what to- – No, I'm just – Question. No question, just okay. asking to chime in on the Godwin and Lockett picks when you okay. have three re- running backs going off the board uh, for you early and then you get Godwin and Lockett as your top two receivers.
1: Um. Yeah, it's, it's, uh,
2: it is it's what it is. It's cool. I mean, I, 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 Not I, the way that you would have done. I'm not a excited about Godwin and Lockett as my top two receivers, but, uh, you know, he's got really great running backs, so that's, that's the penalty for the price you pay for. Right.
0: So that's fine. Uh, Chris Carson off the board at the 502 to uh, Emerson Ramald. and then the quarterbacks uh, finally been cracked here at the 503 with Tony Pong taking good old Patty Mahomes. OJ Howard is the number two tight end drafted by John Terry. You heard me reference this when we were talking to Kirk Kikis before. OJ Howard off the board at the 504 to John Terry, and that is uh, backing up Zach Ertz on his team. So he goes two tight ends early. Cooper Cup, the third Rams receiver drafted, and actually the second Rams receiver drafted by Lucky Horseshoe and Joseph Paparczycki. That is uh, Cup going at the 505 tonight, followed by Mike Williams to the career killers at six. James White, the Patriots' pass-catching running back at the 507. That is the number three running back drafted by Frank Imbornoni. And then you have Daryl Henderson to Vince Staffolino as his number three running back uh, here. A couple of receivers off the board. Kenny G apparently is the new nickname for Kenny Galladay. I don't know if you, you've oh, heard. Really? Yeah, people are calling him Kenny G. <laughs> Not a great football fan. It
2: took a long while to
0: get to that. Uh, yeah. Uh, English, well, I guess, like, pe- people are calling him Baby Megatron or Megatron Jr., and I guess he didn't care for that nickname. So now he has to go with Kenny G. That's oh, the backup. The, the soft rock. Da, na, 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 <laughs> yacht rock. No, at... yeah, yeah. Kenny Galladay is not yacht rock. Yeah, or excuse me, Kenny G is not yacht rock. What is he? What is that, That's jazz. Kenny Kenny just G, G jazz, is jazz. Yeah. Jazz. Well, jazz. sax sax jazz. Yeah. Ask, ask Matt Waldman. Yeah, I'm you sure. Know, yacht is. rock is kind of
2: that whoopie
0: stuff. Right, but but Kenny G is. I mean, yacht rock. There's like a little bit of um. Like There's a little bit of bite. There's a little bit of bite to it. There's no bite to Kenny G's. So so Kenny G's softer than Yacht Rock? Yeah, yeah, he's totally, (laughs) he's like soft Yacht Rock. Yeah, he's a dinghy rock. (laughs) He's the dingy rocking Kenny G going off the board to Kern Reeve at the 509 tonight. Tyler Boyd is the number two uh, receiver drafted by the notorious BIP here.
2: I think he's than your whole boat.
0: Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe some cornerback is going to scratch his anchor. Vince McDonald off the board at the 511 to Kirk Kikis. You heard that pick live on the air. And then A.J. Green going off the board as the number one receiver to Jimmy Wagner. Okay, so let's look at this here, Dave, for a second. Now, in this format, you can start four running backs, as we all know. But when you go for running backs early, would you be looking at AJ Green as like a total upside play at the five twelve, or would you still be ignoring him given the fact that we know he's missing at least two regular season games?
2: Uh, I don't think it's a bad selection. I do think there are other players I would have taken. Um, in fact, Ridley Landry or Allen Robinson. I think. I, again, personal opinion. I prefer all three of those receivers over AJ Green and Corey Davis. Uh-huh. But actually, you know, the, the, all five of those receivers I think are, are pretty solid. You know, like. It makes sense. So you take Corey Davis, then you draft somebody else later. and you're starting your four running
0: backs, and you just hold off on A.J. Green. If he comes back
2: and he's good, and we five him later, you're in, you're in really good
0: shape. I almost wonder if you're liking Corey Davis now more than I am. Well, I just said that, all
2: that I prefer Ridley, Jarvis Landry, Allen Robinson over Corey Davis. So. No, maybe not. But you like Corey Davis better than A.J. Green. Uh, I mean, they're in that like, kind of the same neighborhood. Yeah, I mean, with the injury, I think, <laughs> I think they're kind
0: of close. I guess it's pointless because if you were in a draft right now and I said, Dave, how are you taking? Corey Davis or A.J. Green? You'd be like, bulky, I'm taking somebody else.
2: <laughs> yeah, I would, say, I would say Landry Robinson.
0: Yeah. I'd probably
2: take – they're probably taking Ridley and Landry myself out of those five receivers.
0: By the way, Tupac are chiming in from the uh, chat. He wants everybody to know that Kenny Galladay is not, in fact, a WR1. I've heard that before. From Tupac. A couple of times. On Twitter. A couple hundred. <laughs> I don't know if it's done that much, but maybe, well, you know, it's probably been more than that, quite frankly. <laughs>
2: Corey Davis. You can just you search his Twitter. You can search, you can search you know, his Twitter for Galladay and see how many times. Well, wouldn't
4: you
0: just have to bring up his timeline and then go really far down and then search. Yes, you could do that, or you could just search
2: under his, you can search for all the tweets that he's ever done. You can do that.
0: Just just search at Tupac and then
1: Galladay? Yeah, Galladay. Oh, okay. It'll
0: show all the Interesting. All right. Well, I'm, Whatever. I love the Twitter lesson. You know, the the dizzle isn't just the patron saint of fantasy football. It's the patron saint of uh, Tupac or Twitter. Yeah, terrible social media. Right. (laughs) Not not meaning Meyer, I mean Twitter. Just in general. Corey Davis at the 601 tonight to uh, Jimmy Wagner as his number two receiver. The Altadena Assassin defending champ of this league, Allen Robinson is his pick, Kurt Kikis, that is, at the uh, number 602 tonight as his four receiver. Oh, I like that. Uh, Jarvis Landry at the 603 tonight, Dave. Uh, to Bip Lab Mandel, why is Jarvis Landry going so late in drafts this year? This is a guy who got a ton of balls last year. Jarvis Landry, as far as FFPC drafters go, within the last three days, on average, he is going at the 607. So this was actually a reach by Bip Lab Mandel, if you want to look at it that way, at the 603. Meyer's going to say something like, oh, he needs to be doing the hot yoga for a reach like that. But you look at Landry at the 603, I still think that's a really good value. I totally
2: agree. I mean, when you have Baker Mayfield and you have Odg drawing coverage away from you, I think that's a great pick. And he's been a top,
0: you know, Jake Ricker has been a top 24 receiver before. He can easily do again. Right. Yeah. I, I'm with you. I, I think I'm going to end up with Jarvis Landry in quite a few leagues this year, in my opinion. Yeah. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens there. And I don't think I'll feel bad about it at all. Um, Philip Lindsay off the board right after that, the, uh, quote-unquote starter for the Denver Broncos to Kern Reeve, uh, the first non-rookie running back he's drafted. Calvin Ridley, maybe he's getting he took some ibuprofen for that dynasty fever uh, after round four here, Dave, tonight. Calvin Ridley to Staffolino. That has been Staffolino as his number three receiver uh, tonight at the 605. couple of uh, uh, TC running backs here. Tariq Cohen to Frankie Bornoni and Tevin Coleman the career killers at six career killers are of course tony giustiniani and donald rich david and joku is the starting tight end for joseph paprizicki here at the uh fifth uh, selection here um er, team number five in the sixth round followed by lamar miller to john terry as his to uh, second running back eric ebron is the second tight end for tony Pung. After he goes Hunter Henry in the fourth, then he goes Mahomes in the fifth, and Eric Ebron here in the sixth at the six ten. A couple of receivers end things here in the sixth round. It's Dante Pettis uh, to uh, Emerson Ramold, and then Will Fuller to Adam Krautwurst. I think I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you anyway. If you were looking at either Pettis or Fuller, who would you rather have? Neither. Oh, okay. That's not the answer (laughs) I was expecting.
2: I thought you were going to say Pettis. I would say Pettis because I I, I would not – I don't draft guys who get hurt all the
0: time. Do you not like Pettis in, in general for the 49ers because you don't know who the number one receiver is going to be there?
2: Well, I, started, I didn't, honestly didn't feel like he was a super talented player coming out, unlike uh, some people, and that's fine. Right. Maybe he will end up being that that player. And I know the, the team is high on him. Uh, it's just not, not the player for me. And that's uh, if I miss on
0: him, that's okay. I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Do you like any Niners this year, just curiously? When you, when you look at that team overall, oh, yeah, overall. Yeah, Kittle, obviously. Enough. Well, you do like Kittle because there's a lot of people on Twitter lately that are saying that that Kittle's going too high and they think he's he's in for big time regression.
2: I mean, there's there's he has I know he has caught some big you know long passes Right. Time. You know when you catch a long pass, an 85 yard touchdown, it's because you're fast and you're good and you made, you made a big play. I mean it does count. You know what I mean? Right. If 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 uh if like six guys tripped over each other like the Keystone Cops or something and then okay that's a fluky play but he's right. a pretty awesome player. Uh, Grapple is hopefully going to be healthy, healthy all season. That's upside sure. You look at the receiver core, it's not very good. You know, t- we're talking about Dante Pettis, this you know, undersized receiver, being right. like Yeah, a superstar. Uh, and I guess Tommy Coleman, I'm interested in him. Uh, the prognosticator's been listening, he he's keep talking about to me. I mentioned that the other day, so I'm, I'm on board with Coleman, I would say. Because McKinnon's not getting healthy and he's, <laughs> he's hurt. Yeah, he's, he's, he's just he's yeah. perpetually hurt. He's not going to be healthy. Matt Breed is
0: just a guy, right? I think so. I mean, yeah. he'll get some, you know, he'll
2: get some playing time, but it sounds to me like Coleman is the value in the
0: what six round, fifth round. Yeah, well, well, since, well, tonight he goes to the career killers tonight, Dave, at the uh, six oh seven.
2: Yeah, that's a solid pick. I mean, really, I, I think that's a really good pick for him, especially he weighed a little bit, and that's his third running back. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Nice.
0: Makes sense. All right, moving on to the seventh round here. It's Miles Sanders as the fourth running back selected by Adam Krautworth. Uh, to go with Barkley, carry on Johnson, Devontae Freeman, he gets Miles Sanders as his number four. Robbie Anderson, uh, right after that, too. Emerson Ramald as his number four receiver. Darius Geis is paired with Alvin Kamara in the Tony Pung backfield here at 7.03. A very interesting strategy from John Terry tonight, Dave, as we see him go not one, not two, but three tight ends in the first seven rounds. Zach Ertz in the second, O.J. Howard in the fifth, and now Jared Cook the Raiders tight end at the 704 tonight he now has more tight ends than running backs more tight ends than receivers what? And more tight ends than all other positions combined on his team. That is true. What
2: is Jared Cook ADP? That seems really late for me, like the seven oh four for him. I can tell like you
0: it's been ignored there like right, right. Yeah. Jared Cook in uh in far no, no, earlier actually. Five eleven. Dude, that's so crazy. What are you guys doing over there, teams one and two? You Five. select Jared Cook, go go for the go by the wayside? Five eleven, ironically, Dave, which would be my height if I was four inches shorter. <laughs> well, when you're drunk? Something like that. Yeah, you know, Leroy is like 6'4",
2: 260 when he's, when he's drunk. Uh, he always instead looks of five,
0: instead of a little bit shorter. He and, looks 6'4", 260 all the time. I don't he's want to a bruiser, man. He is a <laughs> bruiser. Uh, let's see, if we got a bruiser on the phone line here on the HSFF hour from the 612. Go ahead, you're on the air. Hey, Valkyrie. Bip Lab Mandel, the notorious BIP himself from the uh Roto-Viz High Stakes Lowdown fame, the HSFF Hour fame. How's it going tonight, man? Picking from the 10th spot, how do you like your team now that you're eight picks in?
4: I actually like it. You know, um, with so many football guys draft I was doing, I was little pleased that with all these seasoned players, I got the 10th pick. So I had decided I'm going to go high risk, high return, or let it go down the toilet, you know, so, so I made some bets and, uh, it looks good right now. What, what I've managed to uh, acquire.
0: There's a lot of people right now that, that, you know, even still with, with positive news coming out about Todd Gurley, they're still not willing to touch him, uh, as far as where you selected him. And even some, in some cases later, I look at his ADP in the FFPC best ball leagues, uh, bit over the last three days, and he's going at the 206. Now, you selected him at the 203 tonight. How concerned are you, or I guess there's not a lot of concern, uh, about uh, his knee holding up for the course of the season because you're banking on him not only as your second running back but your second-round
4: pick. So so the other thing to consider, Balki, is I will probably do 12 to 20 between 12 to 20 football guys, and it's very important that I have two or three teams with – Players like uh, Gurley, who could return a you know, top three value if he lasts whole season. And, and to win some of these tournaments, you need to take high risks with some teams and go with high floors elsewhere. So, so I've been reaching out here so that you know, it pays off as a gamble in, in the championship weeks. And that's what will differentiate you from others.
2: You're not allowed to say gamble on our show at all, so it counts the rules. Well, it
0: depends what context you're using it in. Gamble can, can still be used. in. in uh, you know what, if sports betting is legalized all over. Just do it however you want. Yeah, we're still going to beep it later. Uh, let's talk about your end here that you selected in the fourth round, BIP. Now, the the big three were off the board. I have seen O.J. Howard as the fourth tight end selected. I have seen Hunter Henry as the fourth tight end selected. You made Evan Ingram the fourth tight end selected tonight. Talk a little bit about why you
4: liked him best after the big three were off the board. Sure. So, you know, if you look at uh, my team, I already have Keenan Allen, and then Hunter Henry would also have a week 12 bye, so I eliminated him there. And uh, O.J. Howard is is pretty good but he just has you know multiple uh, competition in godwin and evan so and with giants receivers going down i thought evan angram carries the most upside you know there'll be a bad team and you know if Barkley is blocked they'll dink and dunk at him so that's that's kind of what i'm thinking Bip Lab Mandel joining the high-stakes fantasy football hour tonight here uh, for
0: the live Football Guys Players Championship draft. Bip Lab drafting from the 10 spot tonight. One of the more interesting conversations I think fantasy players have been having over the last week, week and a half or so, is this A.J. Green injury. Not necessarily how it affects A.J. Green, but how does it affect Tyler Boyd? You know, we pointed out on the show that Boyd had his best performances last year with A.J. Green on the field. Um, the Bengals chose to lock Boyd up instead of AJ Green prior to the injury Mark uh, so when you look at Tyler Boyd here as your pick at the 5-10 tonight what sort of season are you expecting from him especially when, when we know AJ Green's missing regular season games uh, and then when he does come back, what do you think Tyler Boyd's going to do this season
4: biff so I, I I am expecting a breakout season from players like Tyler Boyd, Chris Godwin you know even with whether green was Hurt or not hurt, I would have expected Boyd to have a better season. And I expect Boyd to be their uh, number one receiver. So finding Boyd at that 5-10 spot was great. Actually, I would have taken Kenny Galladay if he lasted, but he didn't. So Boyd was my best pick over there. Um,
0: I, and the other thing I want to ask you, too, now, this isn't necessarily about your team, but a, a, a guy that you have teamed up with for a, a certain number of leagues this year is, is John Terry, who's also drafting in this league tonight. And John has uh, taken three tight ends in the first seven rounds. Now, Biff, I don't know what kind of conversation you guys had prior to this draft uh, or what kind of conversation you guys have had about your other leagues that you're teaming up in, but how much... I mean, were you surprised to see this? Were, were you not surprised to see what John's doing here with Ertz Howard and Jared Cook in the first seven rounds?
4: Well, I'm I'm not surprised, but I, do, I, I can tell you that that was not his plan going into this league. I think a lot of weird picks, right? Like I took Gurley pretty early. I'm pretty sure one of those top... one of those teams with those top four running backs would have wanted to stack Gurley, right? So it threw the board a little bit here and there. And then both uh, John and I are also, you know, players who value uh, ADPs and, and where someone falls. For example, he was forced to take Jared Cook there because he lasted on the board. I don't think that was his plan. So that's how he's got it. But, you know, he's an experienced player. He can roll all the three titans every week and, and still make, uh, good money here. I think he he has to be a little smart about his running backs because they are going to vanish pretty quickly. Uh, but but again, you know these are all experienced players, and to beat them, you have to take some risks.
2: So Ben, so if you just Evan Ingram. So this, this is I'm going to tell you my experiences. And so if I if I were you, and I took Evan Ingram in the fourth, and then he takes Howard, and then it comes back around, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, Team 747 takes Ebron, so he gets two, and then. And then he takes Jared Cook in the seventh round. you got to just be loving it in the fourth round because you've already got your tight end, you know, versus like Team 8 or Team 12 where they're like, oh my God, these tight ends keep going. Is, do, you, do you kind of feel that way when when you haven't really tight end and like you get a big tight end run?
4: Yeah. You, you know, I mean, uh, I, I would have hoped for a big tight end run. I think if you look at the ninth round now, three tight ends went consecutively, and I think that's pretty high for Jordan Reed, but but teams have to go for tight ends over here. I'm pretty happy I got a good tight end early, so I don't have to worry about it and, you know, just keep building my depth around running backs and wide receivers.
0: Bip Lab, uh, you are, let's see, it looks like you are on deck here coming up at the 9-10. You already have four receivers on your roster. You have three running backs, and as we pointed out earlier, uh, you have Evan Ingram on your team. Now, look at this, uh, you have Six quarterbacks off the board, obviously a bunch of re- uh, receivers, a bunch of running backs, and quite a few tight ends, quite frankly, at this point as we're in the ninth round. You're looking at, what is this?
4: Um, I don't know who I would
0: say. Fourteen there. tight ends off the board. You're on the clock right now here at the nine ten. Uh, who's the pick going to be, Bip?
4: Um, I am going to build my running back depth and take Jalen Samuels. Ooh, that's a Gerzak pick right there, Dave.
0: That's not I would have picked, but that's a nice thing. You do like Jalen Samuels as your number four running back. Uh, yep. No question uh, in that. Bip Lab, uh, we all follow you on Twitter at underscore underscore Rainmaker and uh, certainly appreciate everything that uh, that you do, uh, that you put out there. And uh, good luck at all your leagues this year. Thanks so much for chiming in. And we will talk to you again real soon. By the way, good luck in pros versus Joes and good luck trying to take down that half million bucks in the main event. Yeah, yeah baby. Yes. See you guys in Vegas. Thank you. Good night. You Woo! got it. Vegas. Can't wait. Thank you, be- baby. Bip Lab Mandel, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you know what? I should have asked him. He's a big movie fan. I should have asked him what the best movie he's seen in 2019 so far. What
1: about That's you? What's
0: the best movie you've seen this year, Dave? Um The best movie I've seen in 20 doesn't necessarily have to be a movie that came out in 2019, but just a movie that you've seen for the first time in uh, 20. No, was it that documentary you were watching earlier tonight, or no?
2: No, but there was a documentary that I thought was awesome. Oh, I know what it is. Yeah, this is yeah. It was, was, it was yeah. a mountain climbing documentary. Yeah, I can't. The dude got climbed. Uh, he uh, El Capitan. Uh, free oh, free solo is the name of it. Free solo, yeah. Yeah, the National Geographic Channel, awesome. Yeah, it's really, really good. But it's not quite the best movie I saw.
0: What um, was the best then?
2: You know, honestly, I think that uh, what was it Green Book or whatever.
0: I, oh yeah, with um, with the guy uh, um, uh, uh Mahersha Ali and yeah. uh, the guy uh, from Lord of the Rings. Why is his name escaping me? Yeah, Viggo Vigo Mortensen.
2: Yeah, that that was actually I thought a really good movie. Um, so whatever.
0: And you're not a big movie guy, but
2: well, I, I like movies, enough, but I. I don't usually like the Oscar-winning type movies. movie. Right. Like, I, I but that know. won the best picture. I know. Year. I mean, it won the best <laughs> picture, and I'm like, oh, you know what? Oh, yeah, damn it. That's probably the best yeah. picture. No. So I, I thought it was good. It was funny. It was, it was it was interesting, and it was good.
0: have not seen it yet. i gotta I got to start watching uh, more movies, no question. All right. I want to dedicate the next three seconds of this show to one Jeremy Roach. This is for La Cucaracha. That's the sound of a White Claw natural lime being opened right oh, here on the... You on look the like area. Missionary. I do like Missionary, and I like mine. <laughs> White Claw natural lime. I bet you like Truly. Son of a gun. Uh, I, mean,
2: I actually watched that video again. What's the best YouTube video of 2019?
0: Oh, the, the, White the White Claw one. The White Claw one, yeah, no question. Uh, all right, let's get into this uh, here. Um, we left off with uh, John Terry's Jared Cook pick here at the 704, Royce Freeman, to Lucky Horseshoe right after that, followed by Rashad Penny to the career killers. Then Latavius Milley to Frank Imbornoni after that. Christian Kirk the uh ostensibly the number two receiver for Arizona. Is that the way you see that, Dave? I, I know um Uh, We've been, well, you know, don't answer that. I want to get into that later. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I apologize, everybody, Uh, to the Red Hot Wasp here as the number two quarterback off the board at the 709. Alshon Jeffrey and Austin Eckler to Lab, Mandel and Kirk Kikis right after that. And Aaron Rodgers, the third quarterback selected here by Jimmy Wagner tonight. Uh, First quarterback he selected, third one off the board. And then he goes Cortland Sutton to lead things off. At the 801. And then Ronald Jones to Kurt Kikis as his number three running back. Jordan Howard, the Philadelphia bell cow, allegedly. To Biff Lab Mandel, followed by one of my favorite players of all time. It's Larry Fitzgerald, the current Reeve. Love that pick. Uh, Austin Hooper. Anybody want to send me a deal for him in the Blake Harrington Dynasty League? You can have him. That's Austin Hooper <laughs> to Vince Staffolino here as his starting tight end. I think he's tight end, actually. Uh, well, let's, let's talk. It, it, yeah. it, he is coming off a 70 catch season, Dave, but uh,
1: I'll give him to you.
0: <laughs> uh Dante Moncrief right after that or Monte Doncrief as we uh, like to refer him on this show that is Frank Inbornoni's pick there Andrew Luck is the starting quarterback for Tony Justiniani and Donald Rich and then uh, Joseph Pepperziki, uh right after that goes with another quarterback that's Carson Wentz Sammy Watkins to John Terry Sterling Shepard to Tony Pong Baker Mayfield uh right after that to Emerson Ramald and to complete Round eight, it is Curtis Samuel, excuse me, as the number four receiver drafted by Adam Krautwurst. Now, this is interesting, Dave, because Krautwurst is coming up here on the clock, and he went QT at the 9 one He has four running backs. He has five receivers, no tight end. Is it desperation mode for him to get one at this 10-11 turn? Oh, yeah. I think so. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> I didn't realize there'd be that resounding of a yeah, but okay. Well, I mean, okay, one, two,
2: three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15. It's tight end 18 right now is where we're at. And that's your first one. I mean, it's tough, man. You know, that's the thing that's tough about those. That uh, was the one team and the 12 team. Neither one has a yeah. tight end right now. And, uh, you know, they're kind of paying the price for ignoring that position. It's, it's uh, definitely their choice, but uh, it's, uh, we'll see how it goes. For
0: them. I guess it kind of depends where you pick. Uh, in a football guy's draft, Dave, is there a – I mean, it does, but it doesn't. I mean, you don't have to well, no, ignore no, it. Right. I, right. No, I'm not saying you ignore it, but yeah. I, I guess it depends on where you pick. I, I guess the, the question I want to ask you, is there a sweet spot for you for tight ends to make sure you have one by such and such, or are you just going, I want to have one by, like, like the seventh – I want it the seventh or eighth one off the board. I want the tenth or eleventh one off the board. I want the fourth or fifth one off the board. How do you how do you look at the tight ends this year? Well,
2: okay, like we talked about this on pros versus Joe's, and if I have a pick in the top four or five picks, I'm looking at either Ertz Kittle in the second, sure. or I'm looking at Hunter Henry, O.J. Howard, or Ingram in the 4-5 turn. Okay. And if you take a look at all these teams, uh, teams 1 through 3 did not have an option of the top three tight end, right? So they didn't have a choice. Uh, Ertz and Kittle were both gone. However, in the fourth, fifth turn, Hunter Henry goes at the four ten, 10 and, and uh, O.J. Howard goes in the fifth round. So teams 1 and 2 could have taken O.J. Howard if they wanted to. They did right. not. They chose not to but that, to me, is like you could get one of those top six tight end at your option. Um, if your team's one through five, or actually one through six, could have had one, right? Mm-hmm. If you're five or six, maybe you want to look at the earth and hit So if you're on the other side, you kind of just, again, you have to scrape for value if, if some comes to you and if they don't. Uh, I think uh, I think Biffle did a nice job, even though he, he took Ingram kind of, not I do not say early, but he got to Ingram and he took uh, Mark Samuels. I know we haven't talked about him yet, but that was a nice nice round. Kind of Mark, right? Mark
0: Andrews. Mark, An- yeah. Mark
2: Andrews. And I have to say Samuels. And then LTV and Sasson, I think did a pretty good job uh, with Matt McDonald and Trey Burton, and he again wisely took the tight end at the nine eleven pick, but then Wildcaties ignored the tight end anyway at right. So
0: yeah, I, I, yeah.
2: Well,
0: like we'll see how how uh, Jimmy. That's Jimmy Wagner at the twelve spot. We'll see what he does here as we move on. Now, uh, Krautwurst does take a tight end uh, at the eleven one here in Mike Kosicki, so he didn't totally miss on the position, but one could say he totally missed on the position. Well, there's
2: rumor. We a while ago, we were talking about. Uh, Mike Kosicki, and there's an
0: article in the whatever it is, a port. Miami Herald?
2: Yeah, or something post, Miami, whatever. The Miami
0: Post Dispatch. I might be making up a newspaper. <laughs> Dot com. Whatever it was. Or no, what is it to say beep? I'm with oh, the Miami Post Dispatch, online edition. <laughs> yeah, like I'm the I just started on my news. Yeah, yep. Uh, They're saying Nick O'Leary
2: might be the number one, and then Dwayne From Allen. From Florida State. Yeah, and then Dwayne Allen, and then some other guy, and then sick. So, you know, it's, it's uh he's a, he might be a problematic player. I mean, he
0: right he just might be a good athlete. It's not a good football player. He might be. Um, I, to Krautworth's defense, though, there are a lot of uh, high-stakes players out there that I have seen draft Mike Kosicki in a lot of leagues this year. So I know there's plenty of um there's plenty well, of buzz. Was,
2: well, the thing is, yeah, he's, he's an athlete, right? So you hope for a second-year breakup, The like, guy didn't have a great, really great rookie year, but he's not a great productive player at Penn State. You we were talking about that off right. there too, and. Uh, if you're not a productive player in college, how are you going to be a productive player in the pros? I just I just that's a, that's one of roto big philosophies. If you if you don't produce uh, in in college, you're just not going to be productive in the pros unless you're a player like Let's say Jimmy Graham or somewhere where you're coming from basketball you're coming from some other sport. Sure, yeah. You have extenuating circumstances, but he does not.
0: All right, so I will say this. Not that I'm defending the Gasicki pick. No, but I mean, it's fine. I mean, or in general, he's the who, who are the guys in Miami right now that are competing for targets uh, with Gasicki? Kenny Stills, Kenyon Drake, Devontae Parker, right? No. Okay, well, besides the tight ends, the other the other you're, not,
2: but you're but you're t- – I'm talking about the surrounding you're moving, power. You're moving, yeah, but You're moving beyond – the, the the most important part. But here's the thing.
0: here's the thing. I'm a, like this is. Let's assume that he is like a metrics guy that fights his way onto the field. That Miami is going to give him the extra leash, give him the draft, draft capital they invested to him, and they're going to give him the opportunity. Okay, and that's so It's if, fine if you want to assume that. Uh, okay, I will not assume Okay, that. but, but okay. Under that under the bulky circumstances yeah, here, if the, that's the case, would, would you say that th- those are the players that are going to be on the field with him? Yeah, Kenny Stills, Devontae Parker, you yeah, uh, know, whatever. Uh, Albert Drake. Wilson,
2: Kenyon yeah, Drake. Albert, yeah, Kenyon.
0: Albert, yeah. remember who he was competing for targets with at Penn State? No. Chris Godwin at Saquon Barkley. Well, Barkley's a running back. Well, I'm, so is Kenyon Drake. So Fine. under my perfect scenario here, Dave. And <laughs> yeah. maybe I'm just over defending Adam Kraut versus Pick here. Clearly. But uh but there is something to be said for that. Um by the way, Nick O'Leary, the uh, quote unquote starting tight end for Miami Dolphins, do you know who his grandfather was? Tim O'Leary. The golden bear, Jack Nicholas. Thanks. Florida State, breeding greatness. Yeah, breeding. They don't breed degrees. I'll tell you that much. That's one thing they don't breed. No comment. <laughs> Moving on. Marquez Valdez-Scantling is the 902 pick to uh, Emerson Ramel here. That is his fifth wide receiver selected. Justice Hill, the Baltimore Ravens rookie, to Tony Pung is his number three running back. Marvin Jones off the board after that. The number two receiver for Detroit. The number four receiver for Aunt Jemima. Three tight ends off the board in a row. Dallas Goddard to Lucky Horseshoe. Jordan Reed to Career Killers. And then Chris Herndon to Frank Inborn-Noni's Dilly Dilly. D.D. Westbrook, uh, I think I talked about this on Pros versus Joes Day. Correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I'm on D.D. Westbrook. I feel like the week one of Pros versus Joes, I'm like, what the hell am I missing with this guy? And then I actually did some research. And I'm like, well, that's what I'm missing. Yeah, now I like him. Yeah, I think I think has
2: got a shot. I mean, it's a third-year breakout, and uh, he's actually shown something. So I think that there's something there. I do. I don't mind GJ's chart, like Uber, 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 Uber late, I and mean, because no one likes it. So, and you know, a league like this is too. The 20th round is too early, probably. For a chart? Yeah, probably. Yeah. But he's like a waiver wire look at. You know, you take a look and see maybe he cruises in week one of preseason. But I think in baseball leagues, why not take a look at chart? Sure. They draft him in the second round. Uh, he wasn't super productive last year,
0: but, I mean, you're talking about 25th, 26th, yeah. 27th round. That's a good point. P.K. Metcalf, uh, the Seattle Seahawks receiver to Kern Reed after that. Why, oh, another rookie for Kern Reef. Uh Then we have Jalen Samuels. You heard that pick from Bip Lab Mandel live on the air. Trey Burton to Kirk Kikis. And then Geronimo Allison to Jimmy Wigner as his number four receiver. He And then he goes Tyrell Williams, Dave, to lead off the 10th round. So now he has five receivers, four running backs, and a quarterback. I guess he's got some work to do at tight end. So who are we talking about again? This is Jimmy Wagner's uh, Wild Coyotes team at the 12 spot. The final one, he's got uh, five wideouts, four running backs, and a quarterback thus far. And you're saying he's well, you got to, right? He's got – I mean, okay. I, yes, I know water's wet, and Jimmy Wagner's no, – right, tight right. Here. I'm
2: just so astounded at a, at, a, at a certain player that hasn't been drafted yet. And, okay.
0: And Oh, my goodness. It's fine. All right. Can you write it on a piece of paper and, and show it to me? Because I'm curious who it is. Oh, uh, you'll uh, – I'll see it shortly? Yeah. Okay. I mean, if that's it, fair it, enough.
2: The potential – Potential league winner, if if, if this person person gets drafted, and uh, it's just crazy that he hasn't gone, that's fine. Um, Potential league winner, he must have gone to Florida State. uh, No. (laughs) He's also not a a potential Nobel Prize
0: winner if he went to Florida State. Hey, Myron Roll, (laughs) no, seriously, Myron Roll was a Rhodes Scholar, and he went to Florida State. Okay. Not that big of a deal. That is a big deal for it. well, how many D one football players do you know who are also Rhodes? No, that's, that's impressive. Thank you. So okay, Berger. I'm just like <laughs> you know, you can you can throw me under the bus, but at at some point I'm gonna try to get up. You know, you didn't go to Florida State. No, I didn't. I just feel well, like the you I'm I'm a fan of the of the program and so I, I defend it a lot. Uh Adrian <laughs> Adrian Peterson who did not go to Florida State is the eleven 11-0, oh uh eleven oh one pick. No, I, I excuse me. He is the uh eleven twelve yeah, so I'm going the wrong way here. Did I go? Oh, no, Tyrell Williams. Oh, God, I'm an idiot. All right, thanks, White Claw. Tyrell Williams at the 1001 uh, <laughs> tonight, followed by Naheem Hines right after that to Kirk Kikis. Mark Andrews, I really like him too, Dave. I don't know if I have mentioned that. We have. I'm, I'm really well, starting well. to mark Mark Andrews. Damian Harris, another guy I really like here in the 10th round, Damian Harris to Kern Reeve. Another rookie. What is going on here? Kern Reeve. I got a fever, and the only cure is more rookies for my <laughs> dynasty love. Uh Alexander Madison right after that to Vince Staffolino. Jack Doyle, uh quote unquote backup tight end for the Colts. Maybe he's the starter. I don't know, but he's backing up Frankie Bornoni's Chris Herndon as he goes back-to-back tight end after ignoring the position in the first eight rounds. He has Herndon and Doyle. Devin Funches off the board to the career killers right after that. That is Justiniani and Donald Rich. Peyton Barber is Joseph a uh, number four running back here, followed by dion Lewis, John Terry, Devin Singletary the rookie running back from Buffalo to Tony Punk, TJ Hawkinson, a rookie tight end, as the starter for Enter Sandman. That is Emerson Ramold and completing the first half of draft tonight. That is Matt Ryan, the quarterback for Adam Krautwurst tonight as his starter. Dave, what do you make of the Buffalo running back situation? You know, TJ Yeldon's there. You have Frank Gore farting around in that backfield. LaShawn McCoy could be cut. It seems like the guy they've invested the most into and the guy who's getting a lot of number one reps right now is Devin Singletary.
2: I don't think he's a very talented player, but, uh, you know, if they want – if they – there's a chance that they make that move to cut Katie McCoy. I mean, it's been rumored a little bit. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Um, I don't know. I just can't get I, – I, there's so many things going on there. I just can't get, get into that. Even in the 10th round? Correct. Okay. That's just – I know
0: it's you, but I'm asking your opinion.
1: So yeah, I
2: mean, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not necessarily – I'd be more interested – for me personally, I'd be more interested in um, – Dion Lewis went right before him, I think that was a really nice pick. I like Dion Lewis. Um, I like getting those
0: pass-catching running backs in the mid-rounds. That's that's really valuable. Chris
2: Thompson, I think I would look at. uh, Gio Bernard, I would look at. Because, again, you're going to get some standalone action with a possibility of upside. So I think that those are the uh, Caleb Elijah, that was a really nice pick, actually. So, yeah, in the 11th. Yeah, yeah. we're we'll getting into that.
0: I'm, I'm sorry, I, keep, I have to talk about players that didn't get there. That's right. No, I think I just, I just realized, I, I, I'm like, oh, that's the player Dave was talking about. Yeah, kind
1: of, oh, no. we'll
0: get to it. We'll get I to it. I
2: can't believe. But,
0: anyway. We'll, well get well, to I, it. I, I'm with you. I'm, I'm getting a headache. <laughs> Mike Kosicki is the 1101 pick to kick I can't things. I I found
2: 11. 11- Twelve people or whatever that didn't like this player, but whatever. Um, well, they, all, all in the same draft.
0: They may like him. They just maybe didn't like him as much. Uh, Carlos Hyde is the 1102 pick to Ramble tonight. Emerson rambled taking Carlos Hyde as his four running back. Uh, Deshaun Jackson is the fourth receiver selected by Tony Pong, the field stretcher from Philly. Goes to the drafter from Taiwan. Uh, Tony Pollard right after that to John Terry. Uh, Tony Pollard is the number one, two, three, four running back. And just as an, uh, as an ADP standpoint with, with the news that we got on Ezekiel Elliott from um, Jerry Jones today. Now, I'm, I'm talking about FFPC best ball ADP, so it's a little bit different than football guys. But on average, he was going at the 17.01 over the last three days. The highest he's gone was the 14.03. Tonight, he goes. At the 11:04, 4 to John Terry, could pay off big. Is it a $250,000 winner? I don't know. Dave, like – <laughs> Well, we'll see. He's a pass-catching running back, and if, and if Ezekiel Elliott is held out – He's not even guaranteed to be the number two right now. I understand that. But it is an 11th-round pick, and we'll see what happens. But that's the
2: earliest he's gone in best ball in, – in, you saying best ball class.
0: That was best ball. I don't I don't I don't have the classic ADP up. Would you like me to reference the classic ADP instead? I just I feel yeah, like there's a bigger there's a well, bigger yeah. sample size of best ball.
2: There is, but classic is better because you know, okay. because best ball because of the quarterback runs that all those running backs get pushed down
0: significantly. Okay. So I, I understand what you're saying, and I will tell you this right now, that over the last five days <laughs> in FFPC classics, the highest he's gone, Dave, the 12-11. So he's yeah. actually gone higher. In best balls, he's going on average at the 1509 in classics. What? Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's that's well. And again, when's when when did the Jerry Jones quote come out? Like today or late yesterday? Yeah. What did what It said that um, the Elliott uh, holdout could drag on months into the regular season.
2: Wow. Months. Wow.
0: With an S. I heard you. Kalen Bilodeau yeah. was a pick that Dave liked right after that to Joseph. So Papzekki here at the 1105 followed by chris Thompson from Florida State to so the career killers at the 1106 James Washington to Frank Imbornoni right after that as his number four receiver so he gets that steeler stack with moncrief in the uh, eighth and then uh, James Washington in the 11th Dave you're not as big of a fan of stacking wideouts from the same team for fantasy output in a 20 uh, team classic draft as you would be in a best ball is that correct Oh uh, yeah, that'd be
2: correct. Although
0: in this particular instance,
2: I don't think Dilly Dilly did a bad job by taking Moncrief from Washington. Although I wouldn't have taken Moncrief from the eighth, but whatever. It, it, what's done is done, right? Um, because they're fighting it out in camp, so you would hope that you get the number two receiver in that team, which usually is valuable. Usually, uh, you got Juju and you have Vance McDonald. So hopefully, either Moncrief or Washington, someone will command targets over McDonald, but you don't know hundred percent for sure. But uh, I, don't a, I don't think that's a bad. I don't think that's a bad. Combo slushes again. I, th- I What's Moncrief's ADP? Like,
0: it's got to be like 10, 11. Uh, I I don't quite think it's that high. Uh, 12,
2: <laughs> 12 1201. All right. That's kind of where he's going. All right, 12, 12,
0: he's he's, Dante Moncrief is not listening. He's busy getting ready for training camp. <laughs> hey, um, the other thing I should mention, as long as you're talking about Steelers, did you see that? Um, I can't remember where I saw it. Actually, quite frankly, it might have been on your Twitter feed. <laughs> the um picture of. James Conner at the 2017 Combine, and then what he looks like now in his uh, in training camp. Oh my God, yes, Night and day. I mean, he looked like he's Stone Cold Rep now. He looked like um, it's like he went from Jesse Smollett to the Incredible Hulk. <laughs> like on and honest, okay. honest to God, that went I mean, from Justy Smollett to the to the guys that the captain. <laughs> well, like he paid to that, I listen, <laughs> I'm not gonna get into that whole thing, but that's not even political. I think that's a common. Well, again, I'm still <laughs> still. Stay out of that uh, area. Um, So right after James Washington, it's Kyle Rudolph as the second tight end drafted by Vince Staffelino, followed by Mike Davis, the Chicago Bears running back to uh, Kern Reeve. Paris Campbell. Hey, how did Kern Reeve miss out on that rookie? Paris Campbell goes to Bip Lab Mandel right after that. And Bip, or excuse me, I'm I'm not ripping on your draft. I'm just pointing out you drafted a lot of rookies. And spoiler alert, there's another one coming up in the 12th round. Paris Campbell to Bip Lab Mandel. Anthony Miller uh, from the Bears to uh, Kurt Kikis, followed by Adrian Peterson, to end things here in the 11th round to Jimmy Wagner. How do you handicap the Bears pass catchers? and Well, not even pass catchers, Bears skill positions. I, do we want to play a quick Yamon or nine? With, well, no, I guess I want to play it with you, and we can't wheel the buttons over to that side of the studio. But I'm just I'm curious as to what Bears skill position players you're on this year between the running backs in Mike Davis, David Montgomery, and Terry Cohen, and then the pass catchers in Robinson, um, Anthony Miller, uh, Taylor Gabriel, and uh, Trey Burton at tight end.
2: Uh, I don't really like Anthony Miller's skill set. I do like Alan Robinson. I think he's kind of primed for a comeback. He is, I think, uh, WR1 on his team, not overall. Uh, I don't mind – Trey Burton seems to kind of fall. And I've never been a huge Trey Burton fan. As I said, I thought he was overpaid for his contract yeah. as an unproven player. Yep. Uh, but if I'm kind of tight or short at tight end, I think I would look to Trey Burton because he's kind of – he's a little bit under the radar. Like, people don't really care about him. They're like, oh, Trey Burton, whatever. they use. They'll go. Especially in a regular PPR, like a non – uh, premium league, I, Trey Burke I bet you falls like crazy in, in those drafts. Right. Uh, David Montgomery and Trey Cohen. I'd probably be more on board with Montgomery uh, in less, a little bit less so on with Cohen. But I, I would only take both, either one of them if they were like values. I think below their ADP, like maybe six to twelve picks below. Uh, and then I would look at them. Okay. I, I, I you know, like the third, fourth round, no. Fifth, sixth round, may, yeah, maybe. If I, if I had taken. If I had a Kikis-type team where I'd take a three or four straight receivers and I'd look at maybe Montgomery or Cohen if
0: I needed one. But I like that team name, a kikas type team. Well, I mean, tonight. I well, no, on, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we just talked a bunch of bears skill position players. Can I ask you a riddle?
2: And, by the way, I don't mind Trubisky as a, as a later quarterback right. because he runs the ball as well. Anyway, yeah, you got
0: a, a fantasy football riddle, Dave. Are you ready for this? Sure. What do Bears, Chicago Bears, besides being on the same team, Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, and Anthony Miller all have in common? Allen Robinson, Trey Burton, and Anthony Miller, what do they all have in common? I'm going to be buzzing you in about five seconds. I,
2: um, uh, nothing. In
0: right. In tonight's draft, they were all selected oh, by, by the defending champion, Kurt Kikis as he gets Allen Robinson in the sixth, Trey Burton in the ninth, and then um, Anthony Miller here in the 11th. Now, what do you make of that, loading up on those Bears pass catchers? And we'll see what he does here in the 13th for another Bear that's potentially out there. But what do you make about drafting all three of those players on the same team tonight? I don't know. I mean, kind of, There's some value in that? It's kind of stupid. <laughs>
2: really? I'm just kidding. I don't know. I mean, I don't, really, I don't know if he did it on purpose but he did the same thing with uh, the Vikings. I don't know what do you you think the Packers defense Oh my defense. god,
0: look at the NFC North.
2: The Packers and the Lions defenses are so freaking terrible that that they're dra- he's drafting all Vikings in
0: there. So I'm just Dave, I didn't even realize that. Well, he have we got talked three about Bears in the show. Three, three Bears, three yeah. Vikings, so. Three Bears and three Vikings in 12 rounds. Yeah. I, I guess that's it for the NFC North. It might just be random chance. I think that. it is random chance. But but I, mean, I yeah, guess so was Anthony Miller
2: it's not a bad pick in the 11th, because that's kind of where he goes. And if you have Allen Robinson, let's say Allen Robinson, you know, twists his ankle, well, now Anthony Miller is worth starting. So it's not a bad pick. Do you want to pick up Allen Robinson in Dynasty at all?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we'll, we'll come be. trade. All right.
0: Carrington.
2: All right. Let's keep moving on. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and people love hearing about the play Carrington Dynasty sure yeah. Yeah. showed it. Yeah. Delaney Walker kicking things off here at the twelve oh one for Jimmy Wagner as his starting tight end. So that's who we ended up with. We talked about how he had some work to do at tight end. Not the worst. worst. He, gets, not bad. Bad. he gets Delaney yeah, I agree. He gets Delaney Walker as a starter. We'll see who he peppers in there after that. There's still some there's still some other tight ends out there. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Cam Newton off the board to Kurt Kikis right after that, followed by Justin Jackson, the uh, Chargers running back to Bip Lab Mandel. And then three straight quarterbacks. will kick it off with the guy that you said could be a league winner. He falls all, all the way to the 1204. I didn't even say it. You knew it. Um, yeah, it as soon as I saw him. Yeah, 1204 tonight to Kern Reeve. I can't believe it. Now, now for uh, reference's sake, Dave. I a, for reference's sake, I was
2: taking Kyler Murray where BitLab took Dalen Samuels in the ninth round. Right. So he goes to, and and BitLab passes him a solo three. What are you doing? I don't understand it. All
0: right. So in the drafters, Why? in the drafters' defense tonight.
2: Dave no, come there. Uh,
0: in the drafters' defense, um, they drafted Kyler Murray as the QB nine tonight.
2: Yeah.
0: He's normally going in class QB eight. Seven eight
1: whatever.
0: But. He is normally going at the 1001 in drafts, yeah. and tonight he falls to the 1204. So that's like two full rounds of value here.
2: So crazy, and I, you know, it, I don't understand. I don't understand it. Yeah. I mean, it's because you know, there's there's a ton of downside, whatever. But you can. Is Kyler Murray? Yeah, sure. in the 12th? No, I'm just saying in general, you don't know how he's going to be. Oh. He's a rookie. You know, you know, he can suck, right? There's a chance, but he could be Cam Newton as a rookie. He could be QB two, QB three, QB four. Who knows? Right. And you're getting the 12th round, and so the, the sacrifice is Justin Jackson or whatever. And I'm not just trying to think on Biff Lab. I'm talking about other players, too, didn't... You know, I'm, I'm, I think News is a fine selection for Kekas. That's totally cool if you want to go that direction. So I can't say anything there. But I mean, other other teams, like um, Team 7 and Team 8, instead of taking James Washington and Kyle Rudolph, you could have taken Kyler Murray in the 11th round. And now you have a and breeze. And again, nothing wrong with those players. Right. But I just feel like there's just more... If he's a more dynamic player that presents a lot more upside and he really could be,
0: he could pop off 35, 40 point weeks. He could. Absolutely. Uh, the player after him, as you just referenced, it is Jared golf. Uh, he is, uh, the, the quarterback out of Cal, except for they called him golf back then. Uh, Drew Brees right after that. Thank you very much. As many Caddyshack references Drew Brees. Off. Did you, were you at work the other day we were watching Caddyshack? Yeah, you must have done something before electricity. Uh, just over and over again. God, I, <laughs> I watched that movie with my dad. I, you know, I'd watched it. Tell me a baboon. <laughs> yeah, that's one of his favorite lines, <laughs> that one right there. Um, the I watched that movie with my dad after i had probably seen it like, you know, 15, 20 times or something. And I don't know how my dad survived. He had seen it before? Oh, he's seen it a zillion times. But watching it with him and hearing him oh, laugh, probably. like I thought I had 911. I hit the nine and the one, Dave. I was ready to hit the one in case I needed to call somebody on, on speed dial for a heart attack or anything like that.
2: That was my movie when I, like I said, when I was in high school, we First, gotten you know, that's I'll date myself. We first had gotten a VCR, we got an right. RCA awesome VCR, right? So, we had the videotape of Caddyshack. Uh, Caddyshack starts in Animal House, we are all on the, on the sure. same thing, and uh, it was great, you know. So, um, you could you could pause, you could you slow motion. So, Lacey Underall, you know, the booms would come out and you pause it because you're like 13 right. or 14. Yeah. But, I mean, my friends and I must have seen that movie like 80 times or 70 times in high school, so right. I mean, there's so many times we've seen
0: it. Can I, can I tell a quick Caddyshack story? Yeah, here? go ahead. Go ahead. Um, or, excuse me, Animal House story. Um, now, I do a local radio show. I'm not going to pimp it. But my co host, Leo, Leo Kuyper Jr., um, his first job as a 16 year old kid was working at the uh, Valley Fair Cinema. You remember where that used to be? Yeah. And, okay. So he worked there, Red Tuxedo and everything. Well, they were showing Animal House one night, and a bunch of bikers showed up drunk.
1: <laughs> they, were, they, they
0: were at a bar, a bunch of bikers showed up, just plowed. And his manager says, hey, you need to keep an eye on these guys tonight. What right. how is he? Leo is 16 at the time. Like, First job you, you five, foot Five foot 110 pounds, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's going up and down the, the, uh, the aisle with this flashlight and, you know, <laughs> just making sure everything's okay. And every time he hears, a, you know, the white claw sound, the ka of a can opening, yeah. he's got to confiscate the beer oh, from geez. these bikers. Yeah.
1: Dude, I'm not doing that. The
0: bikers gave it to him. And, and, and I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, it was like five or six of them. I'm like, oh, did you dump them? Home? He's like, no, I brought them in the back, and I pounded them. Oh my goodness. So, he's, so he's drinking this beer or whatever. So then uh, he's standing outside the theater of Animal it's animal House here, and this biker stumbles out, clearly like almost blackout drunk. <laughs> over. He's like, where's the bathroom? And Leo says, oh, it's, it's right over there, sir. And then he goes in the opposite direction. So then Leo goes to his manager, he's working the concession stand, and Leo says, hey, that guy just asked me where the bathroom was, and I told him where, and he went in the opposite direction. He's like, well, you got to go find him. Figure this out. And so he's like, okay. okay. So you sound like a cynical retail manager. Right, yeah. So then he's like, but well, first you've got to go upstairs and get me some popcorn. And now, now, here's the thing. The way they did the concession stand back then, Dave, is they'd have, they popped the popcorn in the projection room. Really? This was, you know, 40 years ago. Sure, yeah, yeah. Maybe. They popped it up there. They had the, these big vats of kernels. And then you'd have to go up there, you put the popcorn in a bag, and you bring the bag downstairs. They're probably paying like 250 an hour. They wanted to save money on it. Projectionist right.
2: is also the popcorn maker. Right.
0: So Leo <laughs> goes up there. Yeah. Leo goes up there. And that biker is in the projection yeah. peeing on the vat of the unpopped kernels of popcorn. <laughs> oh, man. And so then Leo comes downstairs and says, that guy's peeing on the popcorn. It's like, we got to get him on there. So there's two other uh, high school uh, guys. They were A-team. They're big, beefy linemen. Sure. So then they go up there, they grab the guy, and Leo's all ticked off. at A, a, a so, year old. So then, well, I mean, they're like linemen. So they're, you know, they're like 6'2", you know, 230, 240, whatever. Uh, back then they weren't that big. That was an NFL lineman. So I'm lineman, 230? 230,
2: 230 pounds? NFL linemen back in, those, in the 60s were like 230, well, Oh, this, this was more like an an, 180. Which is
0: like, okay. So anyway. I was a lineman in high school. I weighed 206. Anyway, so they're holding <laughs> this biker, and Leo's like, I never punched anybody before in my life. But they held him back, and I drilled him as hard as I could right in the car. I'm like, are you serious? You need to call the cops or anything? And, and no, he's like, after one punch, the guy's like, all right, I'll leave. I'll leave. No more. It's like a bathroom of a Vegas casino with a crowd coming. Right, exactly. So then, so then Wait, all, I'll kick your ass. So all the bikers leave. They leave beer behind, and then these guys are all drinking afterwards. I'm like, well, Leo, what happened to that big vat of unpopped corn kernels? You guys threw that out, right? He's oh. like. Man, I don't know. The manager. Ain't oh, my God. I mean, like, it could have been just disgusting, you That's know, really to have uh, something That's like true. that. That's a good story. I, like we, it. I, I tell you, every time I, th- I think I got this guy figured out, he tells me something, I'm just blown we should, away. I should hang out with Leo more. I, I've never I, he, you know, he's, he, he's, he comes off as, as like a total, like, not like a nerd, but like this clean cut, normal guy. And then he'll tell you a story about... Yeah. It's like, highly illegal stuff that, that he's part of, and it's no big deal to him. Oh, that's it's, great. it's crazy. No all right, moving on here. I'm sorry for so, that. So anyway, Connor Murray, that was a, everyone missed right, out. Yeah. Way to screw it all up, everybody. <laughs> Drew, Brees, uh, Drew Brees goes right up Jared <laughs> Goff. John Brown, uh, the Buffalo receiver to the Career Killers after that. Trio running backs then. Kareem Hunt to uh, Joseph Papazicki. Chase Edmonds uh, to John Terry, who, by the way, did get David Johnson at the 104. He gets Chase Edmonds tonight at the 1209. Really, very, very nice. Jarek McKinnon off the board to Tony Pung here at the 1210, followed by Golden Tate and then Jimmy Graham. So Adam Krautwurst waits on tight end, Dave. How would you give him a grade knowing that he did not take a tight end until round 11 and he ends up with Kosicki and Graham as his top two? These. Ooh, really?
2: Yeah, I mean, right now, I, don't, I first of all, Gasicki has given the news. I, I don't believe in Gasicki, and Jimmy Graham is kind of on his last legs. I don't know what he's going to do.
0: Let's go rapid fire on this. Just being honest. You tell me over under, okay? Sure. Jimmy Graham, over under 55 catches this year. I'm going to go under. Okay. Jimmy Graham, over under six, Under. Si- okay, uh, <laughs> receiving yards.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, I <laughs> got okay. All
0: right. Uh, Jimmy Graham, over under five touchdowns this year. Uh. Push or over. Oh, I guess I said it at the right spot. Push or over. Uh, I'd say over. Maybe well, okay, so, but wouldn't you say, knowing that this is a tight end premium league, Dave, um, it is Dave, right? Uh, yeah, you don't have to call me David. <laughs> <laughs> knowing, knowing that Jimmy Graham was like whatever, like tight end 20 tonight, yeah. don't you think those are good numbers for the 20th tight end off the board? Sure. Are you still give him a D, though, because you didn't like how long he waited. That's why you gave him the D. There you go. All right. That's All right. what we're talking about. I knew I was going to learn something tonight. <laughs> it always seems to happen. It took us a while, but, uh, but we made it happen tonight. And, and we will. Yeah. Uh, coming up on that. All right. So uh, left off with Jimmy Graham. Let's get in the 13th round here. Alfred Morris, the 1301. I'll tell you what. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'm losing my hair. Uh, I'm getting more wrinkles. A uh, little bit chunkier along the waistline. I'll tell you, uh, I, I need to find out and, and go through Alfred Morris' internet browsing history and find out where he is getting the Fountain of Youth from. Okay. <laughs> because this guy seems to never age and always seems to have a job. I remember back in the day in the uh, Kentucky auction, uh, we had uh, drafted him late, and we, uh, this is Kurt and I, uh, Kurt Awe, and uh, we ended up winning the auction. And I feel, Dave, like that was like when I was like 20 years old. And I am a young 56 right now. And (laughs) Alfred Morris is still bumming around the league. So kudos to him. He's still making it happen. He and his agent. Good job. Yeah, he and his agent. And to to wit on this, look at the player drafted right after. A guy that Alfred Morris, I believe, is 42 years older. And that is Deontay Foreman at the 1302. Insane. Uh, Speaking of insane... 1303, Tony Punk tonight gets a quote unquote starting running back from Buffalo. I was talking about, uh, I was on the fantasy alarm this past week with Howard Bender and Jim Bowden, Dave, and I. I they asked me about LaShawn McCoy, and I'm like, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of his in the world, but I'm still blown away that you can still get a starting running back in the 13th round. Well,
2: and Tony did draft Singletary, so Singletary with McCoy, if there's. There's some logic to that. I like that.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, no question there. When you can get or you compare Singletary and McCoy, I like it quite a bit. Um, your boy, Andy Isabella here at the 1304. Which, by the way, he limped off practice uh, yesterday. Ooh, he, I did not know this. He had a, has a
2: minor knee injury and oh, it, it's only going to keep him out a couple of days, but he could miss the first preseason game. That's the okay. word on Isabella.
0: Speaking of personal... Because obviously, I checked everything about Isabella. Every day. Oh, I, I, I had... Morning... Afternoon. I mean, at this point, I think you subscribe and, to some sort of service and, that supplies I, you with. I, I call his dad. I'm like, hey, what's up, Mr. Yeah. Isabella? How are you doing? Yeah. What's his dad's <laughs> name? Oh, Jim. Jim Isabella. <laughs>
1: that's what you wanted
0: to do. <laughs> uh, that's gonna come back on this show, no question. <laughs> all right. So Andy Isabella goes off at the uh, 13, uh, 1304 tonight. Deshaun Hamilton, uh, right off the board. After that, to Joseph Paprizicki as his number. Four receiver. Yikes, we're going to talk about that. Emmanuel Sanders, Deshaun Hamilton's real life teammate to the Career Killers. That is Tony Giustiniani and Donald Rich taking him there. Greg Olson, another timeless guy to Dilly Dilly, Giovanni Bernards, who been Staffolino after that. Followed by Noah Fant, uh, off the board to Kern Reeve. He had a nice little catch last night. Dave, did you watch any of that Hall of Fame game? Nope, I was on it. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. I think a fantastic time. I there. you know I talked it was Matt Bush. Yeah, I know. He was there. You know what his nickname is on our show? On our oh. local show. We call it, because we don't want to give away real names on the show. Oh. He is Troublemaker El Grande. Yeah, he is troublemaker. And, and troublemaker. yeah, and I heard about the pizza incident last night. Yeah, he's such a dork. Where, where did you hear his side of the story of what happened?
2: I don't know. Yeah, he's like, oh, yeah,
0: I'm bring I'm you a pizza. It's like,
2: we don't really want a pizza. And he's like, oh, oh I don't know, you didn't want one. No, never in the oh, first okay. place. And, and then he's like,
0: oh, well, everybody ate it at the bar. And I'm like, dude, we never even wanted the pizza. So he brings right. out another one like 20 minutes okay, later. Okay, so, so here's what happened with that. So he said he was going to get a pizza. And actually, Tupac, I er, on the show, Tupac, the Tupac, Tupac it texted me, and he's like, and he says, um, he's like, yeah, your buddy just went to go get pizza for everybody. So. Uh, mean by yeah, the talk? table that you guys are <laughs> So Troublemaker goes, or Butch goes up to get a pizza, and um, he runs into two people he knows at the bar, and then he starts drinking with them, and then the pizza comes out, and then they ate the first pizza. Okay, the whole thing. Right, and then yeah. he's like, "Oh man, I I forgot I got to get these guys a pizza." So he orders another one, <laughs> and then the bartender and him start talking, and then the bartender and him start eating the pe- the second pizza. <laughs> I didn't
1: know there was no there's
0: no there's a second pizza. And so, but they didn't eat the whole thing. And and then Matt's like, "Oh my god, I got to get back to the table." So he told me he brought back like. Sixty-five to seventy percent of right. a pizza. He brought back a whole pizza. Oh, he did. Okay. He was probably two, whatever. Well, uh, whatever. So, so that's so I uh, that's what happened with your pizza last night. I, again, it was. But, not, I, we don't care. We never wanted a pizza. I ran into so many people while well, I didn't run into him. I was talking to so many people today who were at um, the bar you were at last. I'm like, man, I should have gone out Nick there. And his, Nick and Oh, Nick was
2: there. No, Nick Mannerfield's
0: parents were there. Both. Oh, yeah. And I talked to them. Yeah, Paul
2: and uh, Anyways, Lori. Anyway, this is not part of the show. Right. This
0: I'm is, sorry. All right. So moving on. Too much digression. <laughs> Listen, we've done seven of these over the last two weeks. We need to break it up somehow. All right, moving on here. Uh, we ended up with uh, Duke Johnson here at the 13-10 to Bitblad Mandel, Ito Smith to Kurt Kikis right after that, and then your uh, Josh Oliver going as the final pick of the 13th round to Jimmy Wagner. How many shares of Josh Oliver do you own in Dynasty this year?
2: Not as many as you'd think. Only like uh, I have eight Dynasty teams, maybe three. Oh, okay. I would have tried You to do talk about him quite a bit. Yeah, I would have gotten on more, but I he got swoops.
0: Um, Smith, I like the
2: hear you know, Smith that
0: by uh. He gets... You know, here's the thing. He didn't look all that great 13, last night. 13-11. Yeah, really? I he, did, no, yeah. he did not. In, in fact, I think he was less than two yards of carry. You know who looked really good in the Falcons' backfield? No. Brian Hill mm-hmm. caught some passes. This is a guy that that you thought might make the team as the three running mm-hmm. third running back. He might be the backup now. There you go, Maybe. Well, we'll see what happens. The Falcons have four more preseason games. We'll be paying attention to that battle, especially five. Devontae Freeman owners. The Hall of Fame. Uh, participants always play five and they're the hall of fame game this year all right moving on thank you let's go through one more round here and we'll get into team construction this is the quarterback round here in the 14th it is josh allen backing up aaron Rodgers for jimmy wagner Jameis winston backing up cam newton to kurt kikis russell wilson the starting quarterback for biff lab mandel dave takes him in the 14th round That's so bravo my friend bravo Uh, Kern Reed gets the Bears defense one pick later. He already had the two quarterbacks on his team, including league winner Kyler Murray. Ben Roethlisberger backing up Jared Goff to Vince Staffolino here, and then Kirk Cousins backing up Drew Brees for Frank Imbornoni. Second defense off the board to the career killers, Justiniani and Rich. That is the Jacksonville Jaguars, followed by Kenny Stills to uh, Joseph Paparczycki. Then you have Lamar Jackson starting at quarterback for John Terry. I like that pick. Matt Breda right after that. So you get the mckinnon Breda tandem for Tony Pung here in the 14th, Cameron Brait backing up PJ Hawkinson, and then Jimmy Garoppolo backing up Matt Ryan for Adam Krautwurst. That is your first 14 rounds of action tonight. We have a little bit less than one-half hour here in the uh, broadcast tonight. Do you want to get into a little team construction beginning with RFFL? That's Adam Krautwurst, former guest of the show. I can't wait. If you can't wait, let's get right to it. The Mm -hmm. running backs are Saquon Barkley, Kerryon Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Miles Sanders, Alfred Morris, and Brian Hill, who I just brought up. Um, And then Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett, Will Fuller, Curtis Samuel, Kiki, QT at receiver. Tight ends are Gasicki, Mike Gasicki, and Jimmy Graham, Matt Ryan, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Running backs are strong to uh, quite strong. And then you have the receivers. Not my favorite receivers in the world, but you have five by the end of the ninth. Uh, Weakness on this team is tight ends, and the fact that he waited until round 11. Dave Gerzak gave him a D uh, for the tight ends. What are you giving him for the full team?
2: I mean, the overall team is pretty good, really. I mean, running backs are great. I like the – actually, I'm coming around to Miles Sanders. I've been talking about that a little bit. I feel, you know, the player profile kind of – his argument wasn't bad. And he's looking good in camp, so I think Sanders might not be a bad value. He's been moving up, I think, a little bit uh, lately. Can I um, – Yeah, go, go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish up. I was just back. receivers. I don't like Will Fuller all that much, but I think the Samuel and QT picks were solid. Matt Ryan Garoppolo are great.
0: If he can get the tight end working, he's in really good shape. Let's um let's uh go back and uh to to the phone lines here at at the uh, 612. You're on the air with uh, Dave and Balkey here on the live on HSFFL hey, Football Guys Draft.
4: Hey guys, Biplab
0: back again. Back for more is Biplab Mandel. Okay, so let's talk about this here, Bip. What well, what's
4: the reason for the callback? Well, you guys just contradicted yourself. Dave was so upset about quarterback and then he started jumping when I take Russell Wilson. Not fair. <laughs> well, that's okay. The way I look at it is like...
2: Both things are possible. The Russell Wilson pick to be good, but not taking Murray could still be bad. I no, mean, you know what? It worked out know, really Murray well for you. Murray has a
4: week 12 bye. Yeah, Murray has a week 12 bye and, you know, these leagues you can change the starting quarterback every week. I, I don't think they matter right now. Yes, they may matter in the championship week, but, yeah. So so I got upset. That's why I called. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, no, I get it. it easy, hey, no, no, Bip, be, be, before you go. Um, I'm joking, by Russell the way. Wilson I'm not upset, it? yeah. <laughs> no, no, Wait, sure we got not. that. Yes, we got that, yes. <laughs> uh, Bip, the, um, Russell Wilson in the 14th, uh, obviously we love that pick. Ha- have, you been, have, have you been finding yourself draft when you do these uh, drafts? Have you been finding – yourself drafting quarterbacks that late and getting this kind of value? Or is this like the first time you've seen, like is this your best quarterback value of the drafting season for you?
4: Yeah, this might be the best. But, you know, I've been waiting till 18th, 19th round and taking Philip Rivers. I mean, look at that offense. I think he's serviceable also, right? So this year uh, I do feel waiting on quarterbacks is good. I don't deny the value of Kyler Murray, but still, you know, I believe in building my depth. Like Justin Jackson, I liked what I saw last year, and if Melvin Gordon doesn't play, I do feel he'll have a bigger role than Austin Eckler long-term.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I I really didn't mind the Justin Jackson pick in and of itself um, if Murray had been gone. And that's,
0: so it's all good, man. I just like, I, you know, first of all, I gotta, you know, I am on the give you a little crap. I, to... I thought the Russell Wilson pick was good. Yeah, no, Biff, you are on the clock right now. Who's the pick gonna be here? We're at the 16:03. Uh, uh, just Malcolm Brown in the 15th. Who's the pick gonna be here? Oh, I, it's in. Down my way, Michael Gallup. Yeah, and Gallup here as the number two, the second banana in the Cowboys passing game to Amari Cooper. You projecting a breakout here, or do you think he's just going to give you a few bi-week fill-ins?
4: No, bi-week fill-ins, you know, it's all about depth and who rem- who's remaining. I needed another receiver here, so I went with him. I thought that's value.
0: Well, Bip, listen, I will always go with you for my fantasy analysis,
4: even though Dave
0: apparently has this huge issue with, you know, I'm just kidding, he doesn't. Where it's, all, it's all in good fun. I'm glad you ended up with Russell Wilson in the 14th. And, and you can anybody who gives you any kind of garbage about that going forward, you could say, why am I going to take league winner Kyler Murray in the 12th when I can get league winner Russell Wilson in the 14th? Kudos to you, my yeah. friend. A job well done. <laughs> sure. sure. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right, Bip Lab hey, Mandel. Man. So so good stuff. I I love that when, when uh we you know we get that so often on my local uh show where somebody you know, they call in to say something and then I say something and then they call back. It's <laughs> like Oh listen, Balky you – by the way the ratings came in today. Still have there is a Yeah, how was it? There well, here's the thing. There is some sort of issue with it. Like um what is that mean? It means there is some error or whatever on their end and so the ratings that we got are are not um uh, not great, but there is talk at the station. Well, I shouldn't say they're not great; they're not accurate. The, there's talk at the station of being even higher than we were last six yeah. months, which is boy. which is insane. I don't think we're going to be higher. We'll see what I mean, happens. You've got much bad radio,
2: and you're still higher. That's good. But if we if put it this way, if we're he, Leo, Leo, Leo must be really
0: good. Well, he was on the golf course all day. Leo you? must be such a great host. He's great. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, if we're any higher at this point, we would be the number one rated show on the Fox Valley. That's hilarious. If, I mean, if if we're any higher than we were last year, I gotta I gotta, uh, I gotta
2: meet this guy. I gotta get some tips. Yeah,
0: you'd like him. You you I mean, guys right, right. you guys I, would get along. I like people. Sure. Um, he's great. He's a great guy. All right. Uh, uh, yeah, and I'm not. such a good. Feeling. No, yeah, no, yeah. you guys are both great. Emerson Rammel picking at the uh, second spot tonight. Christian McCaffrey, Damian Williams, Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, Deontay Foreman at running back. Antonio Brown, DJ Moore, Dante Pettis, Robbie Anderson, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Golan Tate, Nikhil Harry at tight end. Or excuse me, at receiver. Tight ends are TJ Hawkinson and Cameron Braid. Quarterbacks are Baker Mayfield, Dak Prescott, Dave. This is a balanced team. I guess I worry a little bit about the tight end, but or I or a lot. You worry a lot about the tight end. Yeah, for sure. I thought you liked Hawkinson as a, even as a rookie. I do. Just not as a
2: starter. Yeah, you know what? You can't rely on a rookie tight end as your main guy I and mean, then Cameron break to back up to a player who's being drafted in the fourth round. I mean, that's problematic. On, a,
0: on an offense where they don't throw to the tight end. Yeah, I mean,
2: seriously, come on. Okay. <laughs> well, well, I mean, it's a problem. Just, I, I if get it. If you yeah. wait until rounds 10 and 14, and tight end premium for you format, you're not going to get the compliment from me. I'm right. sorry.
0: Okay, no, that's fine. I do like the backs. I do like the receivers. And uh, maybe a little bit of work to do for Rammel on the waiver wire for tight end. But other than that, a solid team. Moving on to Tony Pong here. Alvin Kamara, Darius Geist, Justice Hill, Devin Singletary, Jarek McKinnon, LaShawn McCoy, Matt Breida at running back. Mike Evans, Amari Cooper, Sterling Shepard, Deshaun Jackson at receiver. Hunter Henry, Eric Ebron at tight end. And then Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. Dave, on this squad, I don't question the tight ends. I think they're fine. First team, we haven't really questioned them. I think you did did a really good job at building depth at running back. You know, outside of Kamara, you can't really count on anybody. But there are people that, that, you know, one or two guys should emerge here. I think the issue I have is the receiver depth. I mean, Evans and Cooper should be great, but Sterling Shepard is your 3 Djax is your four, and then still nobody else in round 17 here. I think that could be the issue. Yeah, I agree.
2: I mean, when you start with Kamara and then you have guys. And then these other, you know, the, all the kind of, like, whatever running backs. But then you're still counting on, on them in your flex. My concern is his flex position. It's, it's, it's going to be problematic a little bit. And that's a product of going with Henry Mahomes and Ebron. In very important rounds, four, five, and six. Even though Ebron was a value, I probably would have had to pass on there, even though I, I thought it would, it would have been nice. But you grabbing...
0: Robbie Anderson
2: is probably what have taken there, and that would have made his overseers look a lot better.
0: Tom Brady, he also adds here in the 17th, what do you make of Justice Hill, his ninth-round pick? How do you view him for the Ravens this year? I mean, I know you and I both like Mark Ingram, but what about the rookie Justice Hill? He's
2: a speed back, but he was not a pass catcher. so. Which mean, is weird. It is kind of weird. And so if Ingram busts, Hill could be the guy. But I feel like in the ninth round, there's other players you could take that would really help your team more so than, than he would.
0: Moving on to Aunt Jemima, 16, that's John Terry's squad here at the four spot. David Johnson, Lamar Miller, Deion Lewis, Tony Pollard, Chase Edmonds, Darwin Thompson at running back, Uh, T.Y. Hilton, Brandon Cook, Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones, Andy Isabella, and Trey Quinn at receiver. This is the tight end team, Zach Ertz, O.J. Howard, Jared Cook, and then Lamar Jackson and Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. Now, I will say this, Dave, it's not like the running back are electric at all. It's not like the receivers are are insanely awesome, but I would say he did a really good job at both of those positions considering he already had three tight ends on his roster in the first seven rounds.
2: Well, he took all those tight ends, and then he at least wisely punted quarterback almost completely, but still got Mark Jackson and Trubisky, so that was good. Two guys with legs. Absolutely.
0: Well, I mean, they all have legs, but <laughs> yeah. they, they use theirs. they run. right.
2: Um, the receivers turn out really, I, I think, pretty solid. You know, building coach is good. Watkins, Jones, Isabella, Quinn, you know, those are, you know, Isabella and Quinn are kind of hype guys. Yeah. And you've got to, like, hype the hype of uh, running backs too, like
0: Deion Lewis, Tony Pollard, Chase Edmonds, the backup David Johnson, and Darwin Thompson. I
2: kind of like his running back too. I think this team is overall pretty
0: solid. Yeah, I do too. I like this squad, and we didn't even talk about Ertz, Howard, and, Ty- and Cook at yeah, tight Yeah, you know, don't really... need to. It's a ridiculously but great best, best tight ends in the league. No, nope. I mean, yeah. effectively your
2: flex is covered already with uh, Howard and Cook.
0: Yeah, and and you only need to worry about um, you know getting two healthy running backs, and and you have Hilton and Cooks there uh, at receiver every single week. Yep. So there's sure. some depth there. Yeah, I like John Terry's squad. All right, Lucky Horseshoe. That is team number five tonight. That is Joseph Paparzicki. He went with Ezekiel. Elliott, Aaron Jones, Royce Freeman, Peyton Barber, Kalen Balaj, Kareem Hunt, uh, Tyree Kill, uh, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Deshaun Hamilton, Kenny Stills, and Zay Jones at receiver. Tight ends are David Njoku and Dallas Goddard. And then you have Carson Wentz and Phillip Rivers at quarterback. So this squad, Dave, is um, fairly deep at running back. Um, We'll see what happens with Elliott. I think that, you know, his potential holdout is, is that's going to be what what sort of decides this team as as how good it can be. Um, I'm a little concerned that, you know, you get Hill and Woods as your top two, but then you have Cup in the fifth coming off that ACL, and then you don't take another receiver until round 13. I mean, that, that sort of sets off a little bit of an alarm for me. I like Kenny Stills in the 14th. Zay Jones could be the number one receiver for Buffalo in the 16th. That could pay off. Um, and, and I know he went with two tight ends in in, uh, in the first nine rounds. I just I'm I'm souring a little bit on Njoku, and I'm not sure what the ceiling is for Goddard in that Eagles offense.
2: Yeah, you know, that, that's a pretty good analysis. Though. But overall, I mean, there's a lot of things I like about his team. I, you know, I like his running backs overall. His receivers are pretty solid through three, but after that, you know, he waited so long because he kept on taking running backs. I felt like I wish he would have taken someone else. Maybe instead of uh, Hayden Barber or Hunt, I thought the Velasquez was good, but uh, it's a solid team overall. I, I guess, like, like you said about tight end, it's good, but it's not great. Right. And uh, Elliott is really going to be the thing. I mean, Elliott comes back, I mean, then he's got a pretty good shot, but if he doesn't, he's. Elliott
0: and Hill. Well, yeah. Hill's, be- Hill's back, but, I mean, Elliott. No, but I'm saying, like, as your top two picks, I mean, that's really, really good if Elliott's back. Right, yeah. He's
2: going to be screwed, though. If Elliott's not back
0: by week four, he's done. Yeah, it's going to be tough. No question. Um, Royce Freeman on the 7th, you like that value in, when you think about Philip Lindsay going also in the 6th um, uh, round?
2: Um, I don't think Freeman would have been there in the 8th, but I don't really think that Royce Freeman was a streaming value in the 7th. Okay. Um, I guess I would have maybe, I probably would have, Truthful, I would have taken Rashad Penny or Latavius Murray, who both went directly after that. I would have taken either one of those. Okay. And even Eckler is an interesting pick, too. Yeah. Uh, more of a dynamic, either it's going to be a bust. But he has standalone value in a bust. So yeah. kind of like a he's like a guy who's got some value with bonus
0: potential. You're going to have to take Eckler pretty high this year for him to bust. You know what I mean? Because like in the seventh round, he, he with his pass catching chops. I mean, he still still should return some really good value. You know, so
2: I should just say this: that Sigmund Bloom took Eckler probably in a fairly similar spot in pros versus Joe yes. not that long ago, and I ripped on him about it. So either I should apologize, whatever. No, he does not listening. Who cares? Uh,
0: <laughs> but. Uh, uh, Didn't you know, David Dodds also take him, but he got him like two rounds later? I forgot when Dodds, if Dodds did take him a
2: good job. Um, so Maybe they were so far ahead of the curve that, uh, you know, whatever. Good good job taking him. Maybe.
0: Maybe, maybe. No. Yeah. maybe not. Yeah, we, we won't know uh, on that one. Uh, we'll be able to make – A call on that once these guys start reporting and then these holdouts. All right, uh, this is team six that we're going to look at right now, the career killers, Tony Giustiniani and Donald Rich. Their running backs are Leonard Fournette, Kenyon Drake, Tevin Coleman, Rashad Penny, Chris Thompson, Jalen Rashard. Their receivers are DeAndre Hopkins, Mike Williams, Devin Funches, John Brown, Emmanuel Sanders, John Ross, and Muhammad Sanu. Tight ends are George Kittle and Jordan Reed. Quarterback so far is just Captain Andrew Luck. Dave, I'm not a fan of these. I mean, I know he took a bunch of them, uh, or these guys took a bunch of them from 10 on, but I'm not a, really a fan of, of many of these receivers here. Uh, in fact, the only receiver I really like on this team is Hopkins. After that, I, there's there's not one guy I was like, oh, yeah, that was a good pick there. I didn't mind Emmanuel Sanders picking the third. I You know, I know he's looking good, but, man, he's still coming off that Achilles. I just question. It a 13. Uh, yeah, but I just – I guess my whole thing is I think Emmanuel Sanders looks great now. Uh, he didn't play last night in the Hall of Fame game. I just question whether he can put together a, a season here and, and, you know, 31 years old or whatever it is, coming off that Achilles. Um, you're right, 13th round. I mean, there's there's value there. So I guess maybe if, if there was one I did like, it's probably that one there. Um, tight ends uh, for, for Kittle and Reed, I think that's fine, you know, in the in the second and ninth. And, and I, obviously I like Luck in the eighth, uh, but he's got to start practicing soon. Um, and then I look at the running backs. And there's, there's, you know, the fact that he has four in the first seven, that's good. I mean, Coleman, Penny in the sixth, seventh, that's good. I don't know if I like the Drake pick in the fourth. I guess Fournette's all right in the third. I don't know. I mean, you can make a case that this is a balanced team. I guess there's just too many players on this squad that that I wouldn't have drafted for me to say, oh, I like this team, but it could work out.
2: Yeah, I mean, in the third and fourth, I would not have taken Fournette and Drake. I would have taken receivers. And then at that point, I would have felt pretty awesome, right? Because, like, look at the third round, let's say, 15 now, right? And then the fourth round, I take Brandon Cooks. So now my team is Hopkins, Keenan Allen, Cooks, and let's say I like Mike Williams, I don't, but I would take a Tyler Boyd. And then you have Kevin Coleman and, and, and Penny, uh, and you, you have a true zero RB team. Yeah, but yeah, it's, it's, that's I, a good. I, point. I, I, I like that a little bit more myself. I mean, and then you have Chris Thompson and Jalen Shard. So if you even if you're four running backs now, are Coleman, Penny, Thompson, Richard, and then he's going to grab some more running backs instead of, or yeah, instead of like bunches. Bunches, Brown John Brown, that. yeah. Yeah, I, I would have preferred it to, to go that direction, which, yeah. again, that's kind of my style. So. No,
0: that, and I'm liking your. I think that that was the approach that what you just said. I think that's approach I would have taken, but that, that's not to say that this is a, is a wrong way to do it. We'll we'll see how this uh, team turns out for the career killers. Maybe this career killers team will c- kill our career as podcasters. Can't
2: host. get much worse than where we're at. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> moving on. No,
0: we, we lost the Verizon sponsorship. That's one of those. We should like. look at T-Mobile. Uh, did they just? They got bought out by somebody. I thought. Uh, whoever. Um, yeah, I thought oh, or nobody. I think it was T-Mobile and Sprint merged. Oh yeah, I think go. that's what it was. Yeah. There Let's get into T-Sprint. We'll get Tyree Kill as our uh, as our spokesperson. That's well, perfect. Well, here's the deal. T-Sprint. We'll talk to
2: T-Mobile's marketing department, and if they're a bunch of dicks, we'll talk to Sprint's marketing department before they all get fired.
0: Oh, yeah, cornering the. Uh, <laughs> Cornering the, uh, the marketing angle, Dave Gerzak, yeah. all right, all right, all right. patron saint of, uh, of negotiation. <laughs> the Art of the Deal, Part 2, written by Dave Gerzak. Vince Staffelina. No, no, it's Frank Bornoni we're looking at. Frank Bornoni's team at the seventh spot tonight. Le'Veon Bell, Melvin Gordon, James White, Tariq Cohen, Latavius Murray at running back. Receivers are Odell Beckham, Julian Edelman, Dante Moncrief, James Washington, Devontae Parker, Jameson Crowder, Marquise Lee at receiver. Tight ends are Chris Herndon, Jack Doyle, and Greg Olson. Uh, quarterbacks are Drew Brees and Kirk Cousins. Now, Dave, there are some players on this team I don't know if I would have drafted, but I actually like the balance on this team. You know, he gets five running backs in the first seven rounds, so he ignores the position after that. Okay, I can totally get on board with that. The Steelers stack with Moncrief in Washington. He knows he needs to address the receiver position. He hits it late. Devontae Parker, Jameson Crowder, Marquise Lee. There's a certain amount of upside with all three of those players. And then to wait on tight end until the ninth round, you get Chris Herndon, who'll be back in week three. Jack Doyle is coming off the hip injury. And then Greg Olson is your number three. I mean, I, I think you could have done a lot worse. You can tell Frank Inbornone has done this league many a time, and, and I think he showed that tonight. I think this is a strongly competitive team.
2: I, I, I agree with you, actually. By taking the three tight ends where he did, he turned his – it went from tight ends are crap, to tight ends are, like reasonably good, right? Herndon's out four games, but
0: that's fine. you got Doyle,
2: Doyle and uh, Olson.
0: Um that Melvin Gordon pick at 307, that could be huge. It could be huge,
2: either direction. But the right. nice thing, normally I wouldn't have said, he's kind of getting value with, with James White in the fifth, Cohen in the sixth, and Murray in the seventh. It seems to me like all three of those running backs were valued. Yeah. And it kind of worked out for his team because he's, you know, he's risking his future on Gordon. So he's actually probably in pretty good shape, uh, even with Gordon parting around for like 10 games or six games. So I think he's been pretty
0: competitive, actually. So I think his flex position is covered, too. To your point, James White, he gets tonight here at the 507. He normally goes at the 412. The pick after that, he gets Tariq Cohen in the fifth round. Tariq Cohen normally going at the 511, so about a half round of value there. And then Latavius Murray. He gets at the 7.07 tonight. Latavius Murray, over the last five days in FFPC Classic Leagues, normally going at the 7.09. So a little bit of a value there. So good points uh, for you there uh, to point out Imbornoni's running back value. Uh, Vince Staffolino is picking eighth tonight. Here's how his team looks through 18 rounds. It is Marlon Mack, Mark Ingram, Daryl Henderson, Alexander Madison, Giovanni Bernard, and C.J. Anderson at running back. Devontae Adams, Juju Smith-Schuster, Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, D.D. Westbrook, Jaquan Smith, and A.J. Brown at receiver. Austin Hooper, Kyle Rudolph at tight end. Jared Goff and Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback. This is another really balanced team. And I like the fact that he gets Mack and Ingram as the starting two running backs in rounds three and four. The upside with Daryl Henderson in the fifth. You get Alexander Madison in the tenth. Now, you don't have Dalvin Cook, but if he was to go down, I think Madison's going to get a good share of the touches there. Uh, we talked about how we like Bernard as a backup in the 13th. We'll see what happens with C.J. Anderson. Have on Johnson uh, somehow falters. And then the receiver depth, Adams, Smith, Schuster, Ridley, Kirk, D.D. Westbrook. You get those as your top five guys. I think there's a lot to like there. You didn't take a tight end until round eight, but you get 70 catch Austin Hooper, and then Kyle Rudolph is coming off a career year in the 11th round, too. Dave, I like this team as a, a very competitive team, and maybe a team that could win it all. Or not win the 250. Well, maybe you can win the 250, <laughs> but a team that could win this 12-team league as well.
2: Yeah, the receivers are fantastic, you did a really nice job there. Uh, Mac and Ingram, and Mac and Ingram specifically, neither one of them, neither, neither one is a pass catcher. So that's a little bit concerning, but... You know, whatever. He's kind of picking at Niff a little bit. you got Gio Bernard. That's a solid pick. Uh, but I thought the Hooper pick with Rudolph, that's a really nice combination. And, and Goff and Roethlisberger, it's a really solid team overall. He's going
0: to compete. Kern Reeve had the eighth spot tonight. Josh Jacobs, David Montgomery, Philip Lindsay, Damian Harris, Mike Davis, and Bruce Anderson at running back. Julio Jones, Kenny Galladay, Larry Fitzgerald, D.K. Metcalf, Marquise Brown, and Hunter Renfro. My God, the rookies. Uh, Tight ends, Travis Kelsey, Noah Fant, Darren Waller, and then Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray. Now, for my own benefit, I'm just going to count off the rookies on Kern Reeves' squad here real quick. This is a Lance Turbis team with all these rookies. He's got one, as as far as I can count to, uh, Dave, he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight rookies on the – no, excuse me, nine rookies through 19 rounds. (laughs) Half his team is rookies this season for this league.
2: Yeah, that's a team I mean,
0: that could be problematic.
2: But generally, it would be.
0: Or is there upside in trying to win $250,000 if you're taking all these unknowns?
2: We've got the top two rookie running backs, right? He's got Jacobs and Montgomery. Mm-hmm. I thought the Lindsey pick was actually a pretty solid value in the sixth Very round. Very shrewd in the sixth. Yeah, yeah, he's been falling out. like, you know, they signed, uh, you know, what's his name? So- Theo Riddick. Yeah. And Lindsay's not a big pass catcher anyway. So, I mean, maybe he has some downside there. I think I think overall he did a pretty nice job for himself. He was
0: fifth. He also has Julio Jones and Larry Fitzgerald on the opposite end of the age spectrum here. Yeah, too. right. So he's like old, young, and old. Matt um, Capello, number four, is a little bit
2: of a problem. I actually like the Hunter Renfro pick, I think. Yeah. They,
0: uh, they well, keep, and Marquise Brown in
2: 17th, who just got cleared to practice. Yeah, too. they keep talking up Renfro, and yeah, Marquise Brown, why not? But his receiver draft's a little bit on the weak side. But I mean, getting Conor Marquise as your quarterback, too. That's a little bit like
0: a punishment pick. It's like, hey, you should have taken it. Yeah, Matt, we'll see what happens. Maybe it will be a league winner. The Notorious BIP, Bip Lab Mandel, Joe Mixon, Todd Gurley, Jordan Howard, Jalen Samuels, Justin Jackson, Duke Johnson, Malcolm Brown at running back, Keenan Allen, Tyler Boyd, Jarvis Landry, Alshon Jeffrey, Paris Campbell, Michael Gallup, Maurice Harris, Josh Gordon at receiver. Tight ends are Evan Engram, Mark Andrews, and the quarterback is Russell Wilson. I am not saying this because he
1: called in twice. Called
0: in twice. <laughs> this might be my favorite team so far. Might be my favorite team so far as we look at this. Especially if Gurley is even 70% of what he was last year, probably my favorite team.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually not, not bad to say that. Uh, Allen, Boyd, Landry, Jeffrey. Jeffrey gets hurt a lot, but whatever. As your number I, four, though. Yeah, I know. And if but I mean, his, I mean, Harris Campbell's been looking great in camp, and I think some of the other picks, like Gallup with Gordon and Maurice Harris, those, those are fine. Russell Wilson was like a super valuable oh, yeah. team, yep. which you know. So I would give Phipps Lab credit. He kind of proved me wrong. I would just have taken Murray in the, in the ninth round and screwed up his team. So hey, good <laughs> job, um <Justin. laughs> uh, I think the, you know Jordan Howard's fine. Geo Sanders is fine. Justin Jackson. There's a lot of good. Uh, I'll say running back picks. I think that really
0: nice job overall. Defending champ of this league, it is Kurt Kikis, the Altadena assassin from the 11th spot. Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Ronald Jones, Naheem Hines, Ito Smith, Reichwald Armstead, Dexter Williams at running back. Receivers are Michael Thomas, Adam Thielen, Stefan Diggs, Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller, and Miles Boykin. Tight ends Vance McDonald and Trey Burton, uh, uh, and Ian Thomas, actually. Uh, quarterbacks cam newton and Jameis winston i like the tight ends dave um i I, he needs to hit on one of these uh running backs that he took uh from the seventh round on maybe he doesn't if eckler comes through um and then receiver too i love the top four there's not a whole lot uh, after that so as long as those top four are performing and he gets one of these running backs to come through i think kurt kikis has a really good shot at defending his title
2: yeah, I would say I'm not sure if I would take him back to but that's fine. I mean, I don't like it. I'm just saying it's a 5'11", whatever. It's a little bit of a slight reach, I guess. But what's
0: his ADP? Uh, his ADP is normally the 609, so a little bit of a reach, yeah. Not a
2: reach, but, you know, he had to take either there or at the 602 if you wanted, and that's fine. But I like his team construction, though, through yeah through eight rounds. Like, running back, four receivers, and the tight end slipped in there. There's a couple more running backs. I think that works out well. The problem that, you know, The problem that kind of happens is that your second running back – you really kind of need somebody to work out, but if Eckler, Rojo, who sucks but could be good, but could suck, so who knows? Right. Well I, you
0: like? You said you liked the Edo Smith pick earlier too. I do. I like Edo
2: Smith. I like you Nike. Know, those are pass catchers, right? So you know, have yeah. times Edo Smith. Uh, Eckler, they're all pass catchers, so I, I think in a pass catcher, so I think this works out well for a high stakes veteran. For what it for what if Cam and are nice.
0: For what it's worth, at running back, Dexter Williams running with the ones in Packers camp right now, with Jones and uh, uh, Jamal Williams both missing practice. There you time. go. Right. So, I mean that matters. What yeah, it else? does matter. Uh, final uh, team we're going to look at tonight, it's Jimmy Wagner's Wild Coyotes from the 12th spot. Nick Chubb, James Conner, Sonny Michelle, Derrick Henry, Adrian Peterson at running back. Receivers are A.J. Green, Corey Davis, Cortland Sutton, Geronimo Allison, Tyrell Williams, Debo Samuel, and Quincy Nunwa. Tight ends are Delaney Walker, Josh Oliver, Tyler Eifert, and Will Disley. Quarterbacks are Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen. Now, he waited on tight end. Did he get enough with the four selections that he made post-round 11 in Walker, Oliver, Eifert, and Disley to compete? That remains to be seen. Uh, he went a running back heavy draft, and when Derek is your four, you're obviously going to be at the upper echelon and, and maybe having the best running backs in the league there. I worry a little bit about Sony Michelle, Dave, I know you said you're not the biggest James Conner guy in the world, but I like the Adrian Peterson value in round 11. Um, and then he got good depth at receiver, too. You know, he gets five receivers off the board by round 10, and he still adds Debo Samuel. And Quincy and Newton has a nice little value in round 17 as well.
2: I agree with you about Anunua, actually. I think he's uh, – no one's considering him. He's the number one receiver for the Jets. And Darnold is, like, 21, and he's got a rocket arm. Yes, he does. If Anunua stays healthy, he can be really good. Um, the thing about my history his running backs are none of them, except with the sole exception of Connor, our pass catcher, Chuck, Michelle, Henry, Peterson, no. That's, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a problem with that because, then mean, you, you take all those early running backs, but none of them are PPR backs. Uh, the receivers turned out pretty good, actually. I like how the receivers worked out for them. But if those guys can learn to catch yeah. – so more power to him.
0: Mr. Irrelevant tonight is Rex Burkhead as the entire draft is now done. Congratulations. A white running back. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Congratulations to all the uh, drafters tonight. An excellent job getting done here in uh, two hours. I want to thank uh, our uh, guests tonight, Kirk Tukas, Bip Lab Mandel. I also want to thank Dave Gerzak, FFPC producer mutual friend, Rob, audio engineer and best friend, Bryce. Most of all, all of you listeners uh, putting up with with, uh, with us for two hours tonight. Check out the main event. Register for all those drafts Myffpc. dot com. FF Mastermind Michael Nazarek joins us next, next week at ten nine central and gets the lead uh, on draft spots and this official. has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. dot that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening and we'll talk with you again next week.
1: Trying to
0: explain where the time went. Dave, this is a uh, big night tonight, as uh, this is the last live draft. That you and I will cover until the Genesis, Revelation, and Apocalypse drafts come next May. All right, we're so like Kentucky. We're just going to talk. We don't cover any live drafts there. Yeah, we, we just talk. We talk, and we'll announce oh, the Ascendant coming up there, um, which is exciting because we're we're only what roughly three weeks away from that, which means we're like what four and a half weeks, five weeks away from real football too. It's it's sneaking up on us. And uh, um, need to fill that main event. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, <laughs> if, if you're looking for some ROI, it is the FFPC main event this year. Remember, if you're already signed up, $1,500 for each additional team. It's a great value, it's gonna be a great event, and we hope to uh, see you when you draft that uh, winning team out in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, promotional or excuse me, a uh, housekeeping note the road of his high stakes lowdown returns next week with Ryan Poole, FFPC pros versus Joe's drafter. Football Guys Players Championship and Main Event League Champion. He will join us on the lowdown next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you again soon. And fill that midnight draft tonight for Football Guys. Peace
1: out.